Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 100. The Too Fast, Too Forever 100th episode spectacular. Segments all over the place. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two. And this episode is brought to you by The Hundreds. The Hundreds is a two-part project that houses a classic Californian streetwear brand and media platform dedicated to global street culture. Shout out the hundreds shout out the hundreds well joe we did it we made it what started as a monthly podcast then every two weeks then every week twice a week yes we uh sped up the timeline considerably we hit the nas we did and we got here in record time if you think about it a hundred episodes monthly would have been early 2026 we would wow at the first, at the beginning, okay. I think back in the days, so I, I don't know if people remember, if people are aware, but back when we started the podcast, we had three ideas for podcasts, and we're doing them all monthly. It was this, it was Boy From Material, the Ryan Gosling podcast, yep. and it was Magic Mike's The Channing Tatum podcast. Yep. We were going to, I think the plan was always that once we finished those, we were going to go quicker on this, but as time went on yeah. and no one seemed to really give a shit about those, people seemed to care about this, we like scaled those back and ramped this up and then, you know, blew through gauze and put Channing on semi-permanent hold. And here we are, you know, 100 episodes in, and we, I don't know that we ever thought we were going to do, like, pit stops, and, like, we've covered so many, like, way more things that aren't Fast and Furious than actually are Fast and Furious. I mean, no, we always imagined we would do pit stops, right? Like, we, like, I wanted that at the beginning. Well, that's true, yeah. I guess, I don't know if we ever thought, like, three quarters of our episodes would be pit stops, but I like it. Especially for stuff like classic car movies, this is really working. Yep. And it's really cool, so... I'm down to keep going like this, you know, as yeah. long as it makes sense, man. I'm down. Cool. After the break, we are going to have I don't want to I don't want to spoil it, but we're going to basically do everything that you know that we do on every episode basically. We're going to do in the back half of this. Yes, except talk about one of the movies. <laughs> yes, we're not going to have any kind of extended conversation. I do also want to tease. I'm not going to say what it is, but there's something very important that we need your voting eyes, ears, decisions, minds on. That's about halfway through the back half of this episode. Uh, You also might have seen a link on social media because we're probably posting that separately as well. Before we do anything else, though, Joe, extracurricular activities, what have you been up to since we last recorded on Wednesday? I made some bagels that I posted a picture of. Did you see them? What I liked about your Instagram post is that was like a reverse time lapse because like you started done and then like the second one was like... Proofing. Well, like shaped, yeah, and yeah. then the first was just like the raw batter, and I was like, oh, like you don't normally see it go backwards in time, but <laughs> right? It worked. It worked. Yeah, it was, it was a deconstruction of a bagel, yeah. right? So yeah, so we made some bagels this weekend. We made some plain ones. I made some blueberry ones for the first time, and they turned out fucking awesome. So I'm really happy with our bagels. I think that they're great, and I will keep making bagels. It's like a fun weekend thing to do. It usually takes like a night, and then you do them the next day. So it was wonderful. Cool. So you boil and then bake. I was using the sourdough, so they're. They're Italian sourdough bagels. Do all the mixing, do all the kneading, and then I usually leave them in the fridge overnight. Then I take them out, um, we shape them, we like proof them again, like let them rise nice into their nice bagel shape. And then you boil them in water with baking soda in it. That's like the key. It's like you add okay, some baking okay. soda to the water, like maybe like a teaspoon. It depends on how much water you have. You boil them really quick, like 10 seconds aside because they float. So I usually do 10 seconds aside and then you take them out, you let them dry off a little bit and you bake them the rest of the way. And they'll still like rise and stuff, but that's how you get like the bagely crustiness on the yep. outside. Yep. I, I'm really happy with these and I'm glad that 
that we've like gotten a bagel recipe that I really enjoy. So cool. I'm like satisfied with this. Anything else of note? Anything you've watched? I know that we uh, we both watched one thing that we've not talked about watching, but I, I know I saw you post on Twitter and I watched it as well. Anything of note that mm. you've watched since Wednesday? I'm a huge, huge Dave Chappelle fan. I always have been. I think the Chappelle Show is one of the most incredible comedy shows ever. Wait, have I ever told you really quick that I was what? like six inches away from Neil Brennan? No, really? When? So How? when I was in LA visiting my friend who's like, who does merch for a lot of the comedy podcasts out there, and he okay. brought me to the comedy store, and we didn't go in. We actually, we went in eventually. Like, one of his friends who was like an aspiring comedian, like, brought us in. He's like, hey, Bill Burr's on. Let's come in, come in, come in. Just like, he like shepherded us in. We watched Bill Burr's set and then left. But we were just hanging out like on this patio where like, I think fans can kind of be but it's mostly just kind of comedians or whatever just talking okay, to each other like bullshit a smoking deck yeah we go in there just to see who's on the set i'm walking in i turn around and just like this guy like gets shepherded through and he's just like walking through like brisk like he's been here before my friend angela was like oh yeah that was neil i was like oh 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 okay like it just he just but he's just in there like he just there's no back end i mean there is a back entrance but like he just comes in the front door is he tall or short i can imagine him being really short no i think he's like i don't remember i mean this was like normal height like medium five or six years ago yeah i don't remember him being like wide wildly tall or wildly short just normal normal, t- normal sight normal height normal size but i was like oh yeah. there's neil brennan okay cool that's actually really funny so we which, watched which by the way really quickly he co-created co-wrote Chappelle show with dave Chappelle. exactly if people don't know neil brennan they might be like who what the f- what are you talking about neil neil brennan was like dave Chappelle's writing partner for yeah. Chappelle. like he wasn't like in i don't think any of the sketches ever maybe like like background of like one or two but like it was those two who wrote Chappelle show we watched the Chappelle stand up in quotations 846 yeah and it was super powerful I, I i don't know how dave Chappelle can take something so serious and make me like laugh and cry at the same time it's like so genius of him i don't know how he can he can do it right like he'll talk about something but then he'll throw in a joke and like i'll be like laughing after I was just like, you know, edging back tears. So he's just a genius and I loved it. It's great. If you guys haven't seen it, go watch it. It's only like 20 minutes. It's not really a stand-up set. He just talks about what's going on. Everybody's like, what's Dave Chappelle have to say about this? And he's like, I've been telling you guys about this for years. You know what I mean? Like, if you follow Dave, he's been talking about all this stuff. But also he says that, like, he doesn't need to be the one saying things right now because the streets are speaking for themselves. And so I think it's, you know, to your point, like, it's not, it's, most of it is not funny. And then he real he'll say something like, this isn't funny. Then he'll, like, say something kind of in a funny way, but not really a joke. Or he'll, like, make a joke about there not being jokes. But he's just angry and he's sad and he's... You know, just got he's, he just needs to do what he does, right? And uh... I love it. I always want to hear Dave's take on things. He has like a very interesting mind and perspective, and he's hilarious. So it was good to hear from him. But it was it was also cool that he was like, I'm in an age now where like I'm happy letting you guys drive this. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like he's not too old to speak out, but he's like, but nobody gives a fuck what like I have to say about this. Like you see what people have to say about this. There you go. And and then after that, Rachel had never seen Neil, and I was talking to her about him. Like, you know, like, oh, have you ever watched any of Neil's stand-up? You know he's, like, the co-creator of Chappelle Show and all this stuff. And she was like, no, I've never seen it. So then we watched Three Mics yeah, three right mics after that. Yep. Three Mics is great. So, you know, it was something that was, like, Three Mics, Neil does a stand-up where he does, like, one-liners on one side, stand-up on the other, and then in the middle he just, like, talks about his, like, crippling depression. Yeah. So it's, like, kind of heavy for, like, a third of it. But it's also, he's hilarious, and if you like Dave and you like Chappelle show, they're essentially the same jokes, right? Like, Neil's telling them because he was co-wrote, he co-wrote Chappelle show, so that's what I spent this weekend doing. Very cool. 
I haven't watched a ton. I watched the Bruce Lee 30 for 30 B Water. Do you did you hear about this? You know this was no, on last me. Sunday. Again, it's timely in that it just shows the casual racism of America, uh, but about how Bruce Lee was this like force to be reckoned with, and then Hollywood was basically like, we we don't have parts for you. Like he created this show called Kung Fu, and this also made me and like for different reasons, Tarantino was under fire this week for different things, his use of the N word and everything. This also made me kind of question like the homage he pays in Kill Bill sort of is like maybe reappropriating a lot of Asian imagery like in wrong ways but like Bruce Lee basically helped create the show called Kung Fu the show like the David Carradine show yeah and he was gonna be that leading role and then the studio was like they won't be able to understand your accent we we don't think you're right for this and so this show that he did like put all his blood sweat and tears into the cast David Carradine oh god you know and then you have David Carradine as Bill in Kill Bill because of that and his history or whatever they're talking about how Bruce Lee like had this like incredible like 1960s and like was the star on the rise and Hollywood was like sorry man like we like you but you know that accent like people just can't understand and then he goes to goes back to Hong Kong and makes like four huge movies where he's the star and to show off what he does and then dies a couple years later from an allergic reaction to a painkiller so at like 32 years old so again like it's it doesn't go super deep like it's 90s like maybe just over 90 minutes without commercials there's another 30 for 30 on tonight about the Mark McGuire Sammy Sosa home run race of 1998 called Long Gone Sun which, you know, oh, as this comes I love out, that race. My uncle got me an autographed Mark McGuire baseball from Ooh. the All-Star game that year. That's like signed cool. on like the All-Star game baseball, and I have it in my house. Yeah, it's like one of my favorite like sports memorabilia things. Because like, like, I remember that was like a huge moment in sports that year, right? Like everybody yeah. was talking about it. Like it doesn't even matter if you didn't like baseball or not. Like it was like all over TV and it was really cool. And I was at an age where it was like the first time that I saw one of these like phenomenons kind of happen, you know, like something that's like so big and transcending news that like everybody's talking about it. So 30 for 30 also did the, like the last dance was a 30 for 30 thing. Yeah. 30 for 30 did OJ made America. It's just ESPN's documentary series. Mm -hmm. These are the more traditional, like the two hour with commercials, like 90 ish minutes without, um, they had a Lance Armstrong one a couple weeks ago that I did not watch, but the, the B water one is good. It doesn't go super in depth. I kind of wish there was more, but it's, I think it's the kind of thing that's like, okay, now I want to take it upon myself to go watch these Bruce Lee movies, go watch these movies that he made in, uh, you know, in Hong Kong that he got to show. We talked about a little bit on here, like Jackie Chan is great in Cannonball Run, but like they don't really know what to how to use him. They're just like, oh, he's cool. Like let's use him some way. And then, you know, a couple years later, he's directing himself in Police Story, where it's like a showcase of his talents. Yeah. And I think it's kind of like that, where it's like, you get the foot in the door about who this guy is and what he was like on, just like, the way that he, like, in screen tests, like him just talking to, like, you know, casting director or whatever, and just showing off moves and explaining Kung Fu and all this stuff, and like how he was, like, taking students under his wing, because, like, apparently back then, no one, no Asian Kung Fu master, any kind of martial arts master, trained anybody who was not Asian. And he's like, mm. hey, I just want to bring, like, I just want to share this with everybody. So, like, he taught, like, all, you know, taught white people, he taught black people, he taught, like, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar awesome. was a friend, and, yep. like, he just spread, like, the gospel, as it were, you know, of Kung Fu. It ends with that be water, because, like, water can be, it can, like, flow or it can crash and just be water, my friend. And, like, it's really cool. It's worth seeing. It's not, like, the greatest document I've ever seen, but it's cool to see that, and, I think next step for me is going to go watch, you know, some Bruce Lee movies. Have you ever watched any of them, though? Me, actually, let me find out. Highly, highly recommend Game of Death. That's like my favorite one. 
I've seen... No, I guess I haven't. I know... So Game of Death, and then there's Fist of Fury and Enter the Dragon, and... Enter the Dragons are good. Yeah. Yeah. Game of Death is really good. Enter the Dragon is really, really good. That's another one, too. Game of Death is when he fights Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So it looks like Enter the Dragon is on HBO Max. It looks like Fist of Fury is on Prime. What's the one where he fights um Tex- Walker, Texas Ranger? That is uh, The Way of the Dragon, which looks like it's on Cinemax and Pluto. That's so a good Pluto's one, too. Pluto's the free one. Yeah, that's a and really good one. What's his Game name? Game of Death looks like it's uh, Chuck Norris. Yeah, oh, Chuck he's Norris. also Game of Death. He's in, he's in Game of Death, too. Okay, cool. And that looks like it's on Cinemax. I don't think that I've watched anything else of note. I spent like 12 hours. Out, like, it's been a beautiful weekend. I spent like 12 hours outside yes. just on my porch, music and podcasts. I watched a movie outside on my laptop. I'm like, I just don't want to be inside. Like, I don't have outdoor things to do. Like, I don't have people coming over. I don't have like yard work to do at the moment. But I'm like, I just want to be outside. So I was basically doing my inside stuff outside. It's been beautiful here. Yeah, it makes sense, man. That's cool. I dig it. That's all I got, though. I mean, I don't have any other real, I don't think, exciting updates since Wednesday. I'm trying to think if there's anything else of note. I don't think there is. I'm continuing my X-Files rewatch, but that's not really noteworthy. We have a Patreon page here on the show, TooFast2Forever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, Justin Kleinman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson. And Jerry Robinson. Thank you. Thank you all so very much for supporting us over there. I actually do want to say that Patreon has been yelling at me via email, automated, like sort of whatever kind of emails, that they're starting to add taxes to patron pledges. So, like, if you pledge five or ten dollars a month, you might have to pay taxes. I think I've set it up as good as I can to not have that happen. There's like general support or there's like shout outs or things like things that are not taxable. And then there's like merch. So like you can do things where it's like you can set like custom percentages of what things are to the people who support us on Patreon. Just keep an eye out. It's starting July 1st. So in a couple of weeks, it shouldn't impact it too much. But I also don't know. They're talking about things maybe being different in Australia. We got a couple people down there. Keep an eye out for that. It shouldn't be crazy. If it is wildly different, shoot me an email. It doesn't have to be, be to be read on air, but I will look into it. I'll try to fix it more. Because like most of what we do is not merch. Like most of what we're, you know, what people are yes. essentially paying for, aside from just the support, is like movie picks and the documents and stuff like that, right? So it's not, yeah. it's services. It's not good. So it's not taxable. Also on that note, not about Patreon, we changed over over to a different podcasting platform instead of me doing everything manually through a privately (laughs) hosted server. We're on a new platform now, which means that we can do a lot more stuff in a more automated way, which is very cool. But I split the episodes into seasons and each season is now a lap. There's also from each episode, at least on Apple, I don't know about other things because I think, you know, Spotify is sort of minimal in that way. But Apple, each episode now has the web page. So if you want to go to the Cage Club link, they're all from there. A lot of cool stuff there. Just if things look weird or things act weird, again, shoot me a note and I can look into it. I think things are normal. But if things get weird, let me know. We have a email address here on the show as well, family at cageclub.me. And we've got a bunch of emails, a bunch of different Ooh. things going on. Nice. So let's just jump into it. Go for it. First email from Haley Gerbys, and she actually later commented on the thing that I posted on Saturday, because as listeners will know, one of the perks of being a patron is that you get the early access to the now the back half of the following episode the day after the previous episode drops. This episode 100 drops today, and then tomorrow, Wednesday, you'll be able to hear the To Live and Die in L.A. movie conversation that we have. So basically the back half of that episode. I did not put the 100th episode on Patreon because I wanted to keep a little bit of the mystery. 
but she left a really nice note saying, congrats guys on 100 episodes. Bring on another 100 and more party hat emoji. Mm, thank you, Haley. Thank you, Haley. But she also you sent will. an actual, a, full, a full-blown email, subject line, no subject. Okay. Hey, fam. What's up, Haley? I love hearing everyone's ideas on what they want to do as soon as the restrictions are lifted. We have so many travel bugs in our family. As we're now in winter, my plans now only involve the couch, TV, blankets, chocolate, and hopefully ticking off some of the movies on the ever-growing watch list, all while learning to crochet. Oh, nice. Cool. That's cool. Rachel likes to do some crocheting, too. She made herself, like, a nice scarf last year. She says, in regards to Mia and Brian's baby girl called Giselle, I did find on Brian's wiki page where it's listed under children, but has not been mentioned anywhere else. Not sure how I feel about it. Bring on F9, where we'll find out. Same. Yep, agreed. I love being a part of the watch party, even with the technical difficulties, haha. I hope you had a wonderful birthday, Joe. I will need to get a P.O. box address or something so I can send you guys parcels. Ooh, always fun. Thank you. I'm going to be a little picky here, but the war dance that Hobbs does... Okay, here we go. Okay, this we need clarification here. The war dance that Hobbs does in Hobbs and Shaw is actually called the Siva Tau. Haka is the New Zealand version of it. I know mm. they look the same and both are a war cry, but they're but they're technically not the same thing. She says, anyway, better get back to work. Speak soon, Haley XOX. That's a really cool fact. We didn't know that. I didn't no. know that. Did you? I never even heard that. No, I know the I know the Haka because the New Zealand All Black made that internationally popular, right? The yeah. uh, football team, right? So Yeah, foosball Australian football. Siva Tau, is that what she said? Siva Tau? S-I-V-A space T-A-U. Well, thank you, Haley. I mean, we are not very cultured, even in American stuff. And so then to uh, to have actual different, I guess that's uh, the Uso version, right? The, uh... Yeah, exactly. Very cool fact. Cool. Well, thank you, Haley. And thank you for writing in. Yeah, Next thanks. email from Wes Hampton, subject line, happy 100. He says, well, what you, up, Wes. fam? And he also puts this picture in. And it is a cake. And it's Heavenly Delights by Elena, and it's Happy Something Birthday, but he just wrote Happy 100th Episode, Joe and Joey. <laughs> nice. It's a, it's a GTR, too. That's really cool. I wonder... Huh, no, this is Cupcakes and a Cake, so I don't think Mrs. West made this one. No, it says above it, Elena, so this is not a... Yeah. He says, I don't know when my next email will make it to you, spoiler, this episode, but I wanted to make sure to send you something just to say congratulations on hitting the 100 episode mark. I know Thank infinity you, years from now, this will seem like a blip in the rear view, but it's a milestone a lot of podcasts don't hit, and even fewer do it while maintaining a level of excellence you two have achieved. Oh. So congrats, oh. and here's the next 100. Yeah, man, I hope that we're around for another 100, that's for sure. He says, P.S., I want to send you something for this, but everything has been a little hectic lately, so it'll get there eventually, maybe by episode 200. We'll see. That's really funny. Yeah. If we keep up to a week, every year is 100. Oh, that's actually a cool fact. Right? Damn. Every year is yeah. 104. So, like next, so episode 200 will be like early June next year-ish. Nice, right around my birthday again. Yeah. Well, thank you, Wes. Thank you, Wes. Next email from Justin Kleinman, subject catching up. What's up, Justin? How are you doing, buddy? He says, and this is it starts kind of heavy because I was talking to him a while ago because, as we know, the uh, the protests and everything began in Minneapolis because of the Minneapolis yes. police mm-hmm. who murdered George Floyd. And I was messaging him and making sure he was okay, and he was sending me Google Maps. And after the stress of the past few weeks in Minneapolis, Justin writes, life is finally starting to feel normal again, which is fucked up because it's so far from normal. I'd like to say mm-hmm. thanks for checking in during the riots, living only a few blocks from the police precinct that was being rumored to be, quote, the next one to be torched. 
we had some sleepless nights out with our neighbors. Also watching a convoy of 15-plus military vehicles roll down my block was an experience I'll never forget and don't want to relive anytime soon. Fortunately, nothing happened, but that isn't to say there weren't a lot of strange cars out and about. A lot of people sitting in idling cars with headlights out or speeding around past curfew. My guess is they were waiting for shit to start so they could join in. Protests are still going on daily, which is great. Hopefully, out of all this sadness, real change will occur as we stay in the center stage for the new, quote, defund the police movement. says, on to other things, I was glad to hear you did the original Gone in 60 Seconds. I watched it as a kid, and it's one of my dad's favorites. A few weeks ago, I had it on when Vonnie, my wife, walked in and started watching during the final chase. After 15 minutes, she said, how long is this going to go on for? I said, a while. You missed (laughs) the first 20 minutes. Then she got up and left. A few episodes ago, you were talking about how Austin and Portland are similar, and it reminded me of something that a traveler told me a while ago. Minneapolis, Austin, and Portland are all the same city. The question is what you can put up with, the cold, the heat, or the rain. Okay. (laughs) That's funny. I like that. Yeah, I guess guess Minneapolis does have kind of the, to use Austin's parlance, the keep it weird kind of vibe. I I could see some of that for sure. There is for sure the Keep Portland weird. There's Keep Austin weird. I think there's another one. I don't know if it's, I don't know if there's officially a Keep Minneapolis weird. But I'm saying just like that vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't, I I feel like all it needs to be is like a city built around good food, good music. Hipsters. Yeah, I mean, but that's gonna, that's sort of like the result of all, you know, or like, or the cause, exactly. I don't know. But good food, good music, good culture. Community. Love, love in a certain way, yeah. like Community, I was not, thinking community, but love makes sense. Yeah. yeah, that it's like that kind of... He says, I've been to Portland a few times and definitely agree. Plus, Wes sang my story of the guy walking into my porch to have me tune a guitar for him. Sounded like something that would happen in Austin only adds to the evidence. It does, yeah. Questions for the guests. I'm always surprised that no one takes drowning in frigid water over fire. I can't believe there's any scenario where burning to death would be faster and less painful. I'm not a thanatologist, he says, I googled that, but I think icy water would be instantly numbing, forcing a pain-free immediate shock. There's a psychological aspect of trying to hold your breath, but as soon as you breathe out, it's over real quick. I think that was my original first answer, is that I think that this would go much faster. You're not really, like, drowning, right? You're going to, like, get the shock of being so cold that you'll just kind of, like, freeze. I think there's the cool, like, oh, I died in a fire, like, in a movie star explosion or whatever. The coolness, I agree. Unless you're, like, next to whatever explodes, like, it is going to be painful. And possibly laying there for a while. Not to spoil, and again, this is the first time of, I'm sure, what's going to happen many times, but the next episode's movie we talk about, someone catches on fire in that movie. It's like, oh, that looks horrifying. Yes, true. (laughs) Very true. Going way back into your podcast, remember when in the first or second lap you were tracking all the different modes of transportation being used? Yes, back in the first lap, I think. Yeah. Says, I'm pretty sure you forgot the jetpack things that the Shaw brothers used to get on a Cypher's plane. I'm not going to go back and find Mm. out, but I was going to email that a year or so ago. You're probably right, yeah. Do they actually have jetpacks, or do they kind of like skydive free fall into the plane is it like really a jet pack or was it like a parachute in case they didn't hit the plane i don't i feel like you need a way to go up right no you would just be in a plane that's like higher that's tricky that's tricky and you'd like mission impossible it like from that but plane like if you into- miss then what happens you have to do it all again you just you just you like land 
Yeah, you don't you don't miss. That's the whole point. That's why you'd have a parachute because it'd be like if you miss, like you have to land, right? So yeah. he says, "Where to go when COVID is over?" Thinking about this, we travel a lot. It's what we save our money and time for. We usually take a few trips a year, international and stateside. It's what we dream about all year. My I wife's agree. really savvy with the airline miles game. Shout So we yeah. rarely buy a plane ticket. We had a trip to Amen. Yucatan canceled in April. He said Vani's COVID symptoms actually started the day we were supposed to leave. That's right. I remember him telling us this. That's yep. right. We canceled the hiking trip to Utah in August, and we have a trip to Lisbon, Marrakesh, and Madrid Ooh. planned for our 20th anniversary at Thanksgiving. We haven't canceled it yet, but also can't get excited for it. Lastly, yeah. I have all the money saved up to go to the World Baseball Classic next spring, which has now been delayed two years. Oh, God. Rough. No, we wanted to hear positives, Justin. Come on, man. Well, he says, so when you ask what I want to do when things open back up, it's get the hell out of this country. I was getting so itchy, like, especially a couple of weeks ago. I was like, I need to get the fuck out of Connecticut, like, right now. <laughs> like, I'm so itchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, as a trap, like, as a guy, like, I like to travel a lot, too. I, I know this this feeling that you get, like, like, there's nothing better than going on, like, a trip, exhausting yourself, doing whatever you want to enjoy to do, and then being, like, I'm ready to come home now. That's my relief, right? Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, I go away enough to where, like, I'm like, oh, now I just want to be home. Where, like, anytime I'm home, I'm just like, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like, but usually I can get, like, a nice, like, week, two-week overlap of me being like, whew, it feels nice to be just home. <laughs> yeah. He's a semi-related, Joey, you need to go to the World Baseball Classic. I went in 2017 to Guadalajara Fort. It was the funnest baseball I've ever been to and basically ruined going to Twins games for me. The atmosphere is like nothing else with the pushback of the next one until 2023, I should have enough money saved up to go watch it in Tokyo. Cool. That would be really cool. Actually, also rent an RX-7, drift a little bit. No. <laughs> I've seen baseball in Tokyo. I've gone to um, Yomiuri Giants game. Cool. Yeah, so uh, baseball in Tokyo, uh, baseball in Japan was a lot of fun. Did I, did I tell you these stories about baseball Maybe. in Japan? Maybe. The, the main story and the thing that well, I will never forget is instead of them having like an old guy yelling beer. They have girls in bikinis that strap a pony keg to their back. Oh, so like, okay. like one, like one of those like small Heineken ones. And yeah. like, they have like three girls in bikinis that like, you know, skimp over and then pour you a beer from the pony keg. And then there you go. And I was like, this is fucking genius. Like, why wouldn't you do this at all baseball games? It makes so much more sense that it's like girls in bikinis than old guys with like you know like beer like yelling right. at you yeah so lastly you asked for photos of our two fast stickers so here you are the first is Ooh. on my 64 pontiac the second is on my weird looking 06 honda pickup and the third picture not attached because vani has it right now and because it's a stupid car is on my 2010 <laughs> prius stupid car Here's he the does two hate pictures. this Prius so much. The one I think he, I think I believe on. Oh, this the, is so cool! On the '64 Pontiac, I think he might have sent that in before. That looks familiar. I'm also very proud to have our sticker between a pipe fitters, proud to be a pipe fitter sticker and a Bernie for president sticker. I mean, that's a nice. I love both. Yeah, that's, that's a good company to have. I think we're all running on the same platform there, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. The one on your Pontiac, man, that's so awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. These are really cool. And then, I don't know if you, I'm, I'm sure you saw these in the uh, Facebook inbox, but Justin was messaging us and he was like saying, you know, asking for a friend, is there still wiggle room this lap? Uh, because I really want you guys to talk about the Blues Brothers. I keep waiting for the Blues Brothers to come up. Yes. You have another Blues Brothers. And I was like, you know, there's probably some flexibility for your friend. And so mm. then got an email. Justin Kleinman edited their pledge from $5 oh. to $10. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Thank so you, Justin. Snuck in under the wire. So we kicked one movie that was on the cusp to whenever the next lap's going to be. And we're going to do spoilers, but I want to make sure that Justin knows 
So wait, hold on. I need to do the, I need to do the math right now. So Go ahead. this Friday is to live and die in LA. We've talked about yep. that. Next Tuesday is Hobbs and Shaw yep. as scheduled, and then next Friday is going to be the Blues Brothers. So oh, that's awesome! I'm I'm down cool. to watch them. To be honest, I kind of like forgot how much of a car movie that is. Oh yeah, right. Like I didn't think about like it's like not a movie that like I think of like car movie when I think of it. But yeah, I'm excited to watch it again. I've been watching forever too. That'll be a lot of fun. Thank you, Justin. I mean, we're not going to do the Blues Brothers 2000 unless Justin also picks that. But yeah, I mean, like <laughs> there's basically you know there's Elwood and there's Jake. And then there's the car, kind of, right? Like, it's yeah, the two of them, and then right. there's the car, so, yeah. It's essentially another character. Yep, you're right. Well, thank you, Justin, for upping your pledge. And he has this pick, this lap. He's going to get one next lap, too. He's got one in for them, too. We've already announced, or actually, we're going to announce at the end of this episode what next lap is going to be. I almost spoiled it, but uh, wait, wait, wait. You'll find out. I mean, we've already half spoiled half of it, but I will say kind of the full yeah. thing. Justin also took the quiz, so I do want to remind people that if you are a patron, if you are on TooFast2Forever.com, you can take the TooFast2 Forever quiz, the quiz based on the minute, the minute document. Justin got a good score. I don't remember exactly what it was. He would have passed. It's very difficult, but he got a very high score. Uh, It's wildly difficult. We talked about what our scores were last time. We were like, we both had like 52 or 53 and like we, we fucking made it. So our next email from Jenny McMullen, subject line Hobbs or Shaw. What's up, Jenny? How are you doing, lady? I've noticed a sort of recent objectification, sort of, of a certain character, and I was hoping to get your take on it. A couple Ooh. of recent references to Hobbs and The Rock are mostly about his body slash muscles, where Shaw mm-hmm. and Statham, it's about his attitude and style. I haven't seen enough yeah. of the films to know what their characters are like, but I think there's probably more to Hobbs than muscles. Even the description of the film Hobbs and Shaw describes them as hulking lawman Luke Hobbs and lawless operative Deckard Shaw. She says, please yeah. elaborate on their personalities, attitudes, styles, and sense of humor, or maybe use Wes's description of them from the quiz to shed some light on this. I think that's because that's how they're pitching them to us in the movies, right? Like, when we see, like, when we first get Hobbs, we have him in five, and they just, like, misted him the whole film. Yep. So he's, like, glistening, and, like, he's always wearing, like, super tight Under Armour shirts to, like, fully look as muscly as he can. Always sweating. Always sweating. And when they introduced Statham to us, it was more like he's, like, a suave kind of more James Bondy. It's also the British accent, I think, too, right? Like, it's the... No, but they pitch him as, like, a James Bond, like, he's in a suit, like, a secret agent. He doesn't have, like, the smash and grab feel right. that Hobbs does. Because, like, when they introduce Hobbs, they're like, he's Old Testament, fire and fury. You know what I mean? Like, he he just brawn. We describe them like that because that's how they portray them in the films. Because I think they're supposed to be this mismatched duo, right? And yes. they're like, how could they ever get along? At the, the odd core couple. of it... They're both incredibly good at what they do. They both are incredibly true to what they believe in, even though that's kind of a little bit different at times. They've both undergone an evolution. Like in the first movie that Hobbs is in, in five, he comes in as like no nonsense, all law, all the time. I think we talk yep. about this a lot on the uh, Rocky Maivia picture show we talked about, Fast Five, with Nate Milton mm-hmm. over his podcast. He was all business. He has Elena there. His singular task is to bring down Dom and the family. They are bad guys. He's the good guy bring them down. When Shaw yeah. gets introduced, he is avenging the wrongfulness, the almost murder of his brother at the hands, by the hands of Dom and his family. And mm-hmm. so he is, again, doing what he's doing as best as he possibly can. And he also wants to bring down Dom and the family, but instead of locking them up, he basically wants to murder them, right? Like he, he ostensibly, yeah. even though it has been walked back, 
kills Han. He tries to blow up Dom and Brian and Mia and the baby uh, mm-hmm. with, the, with the bomb on the porch. As Dom helps him and helps the Shaw family, he kind of comes around and they sort of bond together. They both come from governmental secret agent agency backgrounds. Hobbs is in the DSS. Of, yeah. I don't remember if we know where Shaw is from, but he's like we this highly, highly, it. highly decorated. The beginning of Seven, when they're talking about him, I think it's the beginning of Seven, when they're talking about him, he was basically, it seemed like a Jason Bourne type where... It was like a Navy SEAL or something, right? Yeah. Like, it felt like this. Like where whatever, he was kind like of like an British. experimental, like, killing machine, and then they wanted to shut the program down or whatever, and he killed like 35 guys. And so he's like this unstoppable force. In terms of the D&D things, that's not a world that I'm wildly familiar but like Hobbes is always lawful good like yes in D&D there's like lawful neutral and chaotic and then evil neutral and good and so there's like nine different squares and so yeah. like Hobbes is always the bastion of like all things like he's always good he always does the right thing Dominic Toretto and a lot of the family are kind of more neutral sort of swaying from chaotic to lawful depending on what yes. movie we're in and then Shaw goes from being kind of chaotic evil to like chaotic neutral maybe good even i don't think we i don't think we're there yet i think he could they're get moving there. him there yes. they're moving him there yeah everybody in these movies are great at what they do but like these two characters especially have been proven to be like the best at their job like the reason that they're both brought in in eight to track down dom is because they're two of the only people in the world who have been able to track down dom before dom is this you know guy who stays off the grid but hobbs has found him shaw has found him and they're both really good. It just come, They come from different backgrounds. But now, aside from maybe a Vin Diesel, Dwayne Johnson beef in real life, like they're both pretty much aligned with the family and they're good guys insofar as the rest of our guys are good guys. Yeah, I agree. On the one hand, I think it's lazy marketing to kind of describe them as that. But on the other hand, it makes sense. Like there's like a short, there's a reason there's a shorthand, right? Yes. And I also think that they like, they just generally do it to like show, like you were saying, the disparity, but also just like, to dumb it down for the audience like you know in other movies jason statham might have been the muscle but like when you put him next to the rock it's like okay well the rock is clearly the muscle and then jason statham's like the the suave and like he's like one. if you if you have to break it down it's suave or he's the brains right they're both smart yes. but like he's the brains and hobbs is the brawn even though he's smart and even though exactly. jason statham has muscles or whatever i also love that jenny is as engaged in the podcast as she is without having seen the movies. <laughs> yeah, or like just like not pay attention to them that much. I love it. love it, dude. Thank you. She says, really enjoyed episode 98 for the last several days, and especially Brian's takes and stories. That was the Fate of the Furious episode with Brian Silliman. I was saying how much I loved that episode over and over and over again. Brian yeah. was just like a great dude. I, I really liked him, so. She says, oh, and just got started on the introduction to 99. My first car was a 73 Pontiac Grand Am that was purchased new by my mom and handed down to me 16 years later. So it was a cool. big, old, faded yellow boat of a car with water sloshing around in the passenger <laughs> door. I drove it for maybe a year, then downsized to something more economic. Fast forward to today, and we have an even older Pontiac, which is the 67 Firebird convertible. I married a Pontiac guy later Jenny. How, how cool is that? That's your first car, and then you marry a Pontiac guy? Oh, Fate man. of the Furious. Fate, Fate of the Furious it is. That's awesome. I love it. Cool. Well, thank you, Jenny. And we have one more email. I mentioned I teased it earlier from West Hampton. Subject line, catch up. What up, fam? What up, Wes? Says, it's been a little while since I've written in. Things have been hectic in the world at large and in my life specifically. So I'm carving out a little time to write in and catch up. Quick is a relative term, so I'll just say here are some notes. The okay. past few episodes. <laughs> 
because it is, spoiler, a normal West-length email. Perfect. Joe, Mrs. West tattoo quote, if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything, is a recurring quote from Back to the Future. After his band gets rejected at the beginning of the movie, Jennifer tells Marty not to give up. She mm. says, it's like Doc's always saying, and Marty finishes, yeah, I know, I know. If you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. Then later in the uh. movie, Marty feeds that quote to George when he's trying to convince George to ask Lorraine to the dance. Then uh. at the very end, George tells Marty the same thing when he's unboxing his new book. Interesting. That's cool. I yeah. really like it. Yeah, yeah. that's. I, I just never caught it in the movie. I really, I don't know how I didn't. It like now that you say it, it makes sense that it was in all these parts. But like, I never caught it. I don't remember exactly what Joe said about it being funny that we framed and hung up a Cuddy Sark ad featuring John DeLorean. But it's a, such a beautiful picture, beautiful piece of ironic marketing that we couldn't pass it up. Yeah, it's. Be- I, I love like goofy marketing like this. So I was just gushing about how awesome it was. I think I was saying that it was ironic that he was. Well, was he he was anti some kind of something but he had like an advertisement he didn't want something because it was an advertisement or he didn't want something because it was an advertisement or whatever but then like he has an advertisement for this the, the, i don't remember it's already yeah. it's already gone it's gone i don't know <laughs> says the little blocky funko pop like figures are lego brickheads of doc and marty yeah you know what and one of our friends because rachel was building a lot of legos and whenever well, i we still gotta do the charger i haven't done the charger yet it's been sitting here i gotta do the charger yeah you should it's fun when they were when we were talking about that a couple of our other friends um one of them said that she likes to build the brickheads ones too and i said that they look like funko pop things to me at that point and she, that's those are like the only ones that she puts together but she really enjoys those so i've never bought the the brickheads ones for rachel maybe i should maybe if they have some fast and the furious ones yeah i don't know if either of you are comics fans but when you're talking about ronin and what it means it reminded me of the comic usagi yojimbo you might know that the rabbit ronin character mayamoto usagi is a supporting character in teenage mutant ninja turtles side note I do not. But he actually yeah. has his own comic since 1984. It was created and is written and drawn by Stan Sakai. Sakai and Peter Laird were friends, so they made a deal to do some crossover issues and bring Usagi into the Turtles show. But Stan Sakai is so protective of his character that I think it's the only licensing that, like that that he's ever done with Usagi. I bring it up because you've mentioned liking samurai films, and this comic mm-hmm. is heavily influenced by that style. Usagi is partially based off the historically famous swordsman Miyamoto Musashi, and for a world full of anthropomorphic animals, it's a surprisingly educational and accurate depiction of the Edo period of Japan mixed with a heavy dose of mythology and the supernatural. I read through it a couple years ago, and it's one of the best comics I've read in a long time. I highly recommend it. And if you're curious, the title Usagi Yojimbo translates to Rabbit Bodyguard, which I just love. That's awesome. I've never read that. I would like to add it to my list. I read a whole bunch of um, Tiger Cub. What What is Shogun Assassin? Lone Wolf and Tiger Cub? No. Yeah, Lone Wolf and Tiger Cub. I read a whole bunch of that, watched a ton of samurai movies, and I studied... Which those, by the way, those all the, all the original parts, because like Shogun Assassin is the mashup of the first two or whatever, but I think all yeah. five originals are on HBO Max as well. Oh, cool. That's really cool to know. That was one of those, like, weird little things that I'm like, I'm not sure who, like, is this this for, but, like, people <laughs> who know these are, like, excited. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, shit. Like, okay, cool. I love Shogun Assassin. And I also studied pre-opening Japan in school. Like, that was, like, my minor. <laughs> Studying the Edo period of Japan. Like, that was, like, one of my favorite things. So I'll definitely check this out because I think that that's super fascinating and I like all that stuff. Yeah, comics are something that I like that I grew up on. I don't know if I talked about it in here, but, like, there were two series that my dad would read to me like it was crisis on infinite earths which came out before i was born but that was basically when i think dc was like oh we have too many of everybody like they're all going to come together and we're going to kill off 
a lot of people. And so we read, okay. we read that, and then we read The Death and Return of Superman, which was going on as I was a kid, and we would read that, you know, weekly or whatever. Comics are a thing that, like, I still really like and would like to read, but it's a black hole time suck. And not I don't mean that in a negative way, but I literally don't have the time. Like, it's the same thing with, like, anime. Like, I'm sure I would love anime, but I do not have the time to dive down another rabbit hole of something else altogether. So, like, comics I would love. Like, what I really, really loved was last year, I think, X-Men kind of rebooted into House of X, and there was Powers of Ten and House of X. They did this 12-issue series, six of one and six of the other, and it was weekly, and they basically reestablished the world of the X-Men. And then they went to, like, X-Men number one, and Marauders number one, and all these different comics, and I read with it for a while, and, like, all these comics are covered by the X's for Podcast podcast Mm -hmm. on our network, which is led by Nico Vasilla, who's going to be one of our two guests all next lap. But like what I loved about that was it was a very easy to follow one comic a week for 12 weeks. Like this is just what we're reading. And I loved that. And then quickly was like, oh, there's four issues this week. Oh, there's six issues. I'm just like, I can't. I can't. <laughs> Even setting aside the fact that like it's costing 20 or 30 bucks a week. Like I just don't have the time and I'm not like, and it was sort of then referencing older characters that like I didn't know. And like they were reintroducing, yeah. but it was also like kind of like the wink, wink, like, you know who this is. I'm like, no, I don't know who this is. Like this is... <laughs> It quickly became too much for me to do, but, like, the House it's of Ten, like, the Powerhouse comics was amazing. So, like, they put that, like, in a heart, like, a trade. So, like, if you are into something, if you're looking for something recently, that's great. But there's, like, a long list, like, years ago, you told me about, like, Why the Last Man, I think, who's, like, that's a sh- that's, they're adapting that FX. So that's what I normally do, is I like to find a series that's kind of standalone, some of the classics. And usually what I'll do is I'll start them when I'm, like going on a new trip because they're good for a plane ride, you know? So yeah, so like I would read like Why the Last Man, Transmetropolitan, Watchmen, all of these kind of comics that have been like done and they're bookended and it's just like you get what's in this. So here's a list that basically I was keeping a list of comics, like series, that you had told me and other people told me and then Nico was like, okay, if you ever want to read these, this is the order you should do them in. So like here's some like recommendations. Again, I haven't read most of these I'm, or any I'm of these. I'm curious to see what's on the list because I want to see how many I've read and stuff. Sandman. Yeah, I've read some of Sandman, but I never like fully got into it. And I know people love it. And that's like a huge crime. Batman, Death of the Family, which I don't know what that series is about. I've read I a lot of Batman. Like, I've also read the standalones like The Long Halloween and The Killing Joke and stuff where yep. yeah. like those that are accessible, right? Like it's like six yep. issues or ten issues or whatever. Transmetropolitan. Is awesome. You Preacher. would really love it. Which Preacher, I've read all of Preacher. That, like, the show was fine. Animal Man, Saga, Sex Criminals. Saga is the same guy that did Why the Last Man. Okay. It was his newer one. Yeah, Saga, so Sex Criminals, Astro City, Why the Last Man, Hard Boiled, Kingdom Come. Okay, I've read some of those, not all of them. And then my friend Bob, who I've talked about on here, he told me about this series called Criminal, which I read the first two of, and it's kind of like this deconstruction of noir kind of crime sort of books and stuff like that so i have no doubt that i would love all these it's just i i don't i can't i mean i want to i just i need to consume them in like one sitting you know mm-hmm. not like a one sitting but like if i start it i don't like the weekly thing in the same that like netflix has ruined like shows for yep, me right yep. like i can't watch them weekly unless it's like trash tv like i want to watch it like as like like yep. i just dedicate this time to watching this it's over that when you want to start you want to stop it's all there for you i get it i was reading some weekly comics too that i and i had found some that i really really liked when i like lived next to a comic book store like you said and then it like devolves and like the superhero ones i never even touched because i was like nope like i don't want to get into that and have to read like you know, 50 issues of something else because there's like a side track and no, 
I, I'm with you, buddy. Brian, going back to the email, Brian was such a good guest. I love listening to people who can just guest. dive into the conversation and effortlessly expound on the things they find interesting. I also really enjoyed hearing his perspective as someone who doesn't have any sort of nostalgic ties to the earlier movies. I mm-hmm. can't say I agree with his rankings, but I can respect them. Exactly how I felt, yeah. I talk about this with Joey and Rachel a lot, that like they don't have like the nostalgia for the first one that you know I have, but I think it's kind of growing on you guys. So What I love about the first one, I think I said this before, but I don't know if I've ever said it like this succinctly is that like I love how crazy the new ones get but I like the simplicity more and more as these go on the simplicity of the first one I think is what really mm-hmm. like what I really like about it I also like seeing where people start from I think and we said this before too that like, the first one doesn't get erased but like four is basically like you don't have to have seen one two or three like four is just like we're this is this is where you need to start right so like yeah I'm not saying that you don't need to because obviously people love the first three we love the first three but like to a certain extent four is like don't worry about those and i think that in a way without the nostalgia of one kind of hurts one even it's not directly it's just kind of like oh well this is where you can where people kind of should quote unquote should start i don't know yeah eight first is crazy but i also think if you watched all eight in a row without anything you might be like oh this is amazing because like you don't have this like these years of like dom as my hero you just kind of know about dom okay oh dom's bad now okay cool yeah it kind of gives you like some release like you don't have as much pressure it'd be a a more enjoyable experience if we weren't like hyper critical of it when we get to this point right you'd be like oh wow this was a really fun movie cool yep Exactly. Joey, I'm glad you liked Singing in the Rain. I'm not big on musicals as a genre, but I've grown to appreciate them more over time. And honestly, it's the classic musicals that have hooked me more than anything. I saw it probably 10 years ago and instantly loved it. That physical comedy style you talked about is one of the things I miss most about classic cinema. It's part of the reason I love the Dick Van Dyke show. Mm. Part of the reason I love Dick Van Dyke, and I know this is a weird one, Tom Bergeron. Mm. Also, if you ever watched the show Eureka, Colin Ferguson reminded me a lot of a younger generation's Dick Van Dyke it's a crime that he's relegated to playing the Maytag man, although I'm sure his bank account appreciates it. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame about Paul Walker's loan agent or whatever, suing the franchise or production company or whatever. But honestly, mm-hmm. if it keeps Brian out of the movies, I think I might be okay with it. The only situation where I can see myself accepting or even welcoming Brian's return is in a final scene in the last movie in the series for a literally 10-second cameo to sit down one last time at a family barbecue. That's the only context I want Brian returning. Let him rest. I think that's what we kind of were saying. Like, how could we bring Brian back? Like, what will we tolerate? And I think that that's a good point. And Wes nails it. Like, if he came back, sat down for a barbecue, or just was, like, in the background of the barbecue, and they're like, Brian, glad you're back, bud. And, like, that's it. That's all we need to do. Or we don't even have to see him, right? Like, they could just open the door, and they'd be like, Brian, and then end on that, right? So. Ooh. That gave me chills. Wow. You're welcome. I like that. In light of the Coors Banquet connection to Smokey and the Band that I want to share with you my experience with Coors Banquet. In Cobra Kai, have I mentioned how good it is? You should watch it when it comes to Netflix or Hulu next season. (laughs) Johnny Lawrence drinks it in the stubby bottles constantly. After the first episode, our friend brought over a case, and whenever we would watch it on TV night, he was drinking it. He's both a passionate fan of things and a sucker for marketing. And I like these little addendums you can do. Like, did they really change? him? Is he like a Coors man now? No. He just drinks Banquet when he's watching the show. That's cool, though. Coors Banquet, I think, is they also call that Coors Heavy, right? Or is, I don't know if that's yeah. an official name or like a nickname, but yeah. Any of the other beers, we called them Heavy, right? Like Bud Heavy is the Red Cans of Budweiser. Like Mil- like the Champagne of Beers, the Miller, that's like Miller Heavy. Gotcha. Because like all the lights are like the lights, so. Joe, I'm familiar with the Page Master, but if I'm being honest, I can't say with 100% certainty that I've seen it. If I have, it obviously wasn't that memorable, but also consider 
that I have a terrible memory. Sorry I couldn't back you up, but I think E.T. wins the iconic bike argument. I mean, yes, it does, but The Page Master is a great movie, and you should go revisit it, because you probably saw it as like a small child, and oh it's an awesome movie. That's it for now. Until next time, whether that's episode, whether that's next episode or ten episodes from now, stay furious, Wes. Thank you, Wes. Yeah, thank you, Wes. If you want to email in family at cageclub.me, great email, great mailbag today. Thank you all for writing in, especially on episode 100. Warms yep, my heart thank to have you. people saying nice things. I agree. Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. So here's a couple things. One thing, I guess. This is not news as much as an observation. Before I get here, has there is there any news that you have heard about Fast and Furious news since last episode? No, I, I, not that I can remember right now. I think maybe, but I don't remember anything. Okay. There's nothing but time, and there's next episode in three True. days or whenever we're recording. Okay. okay. So this is the only thing. It's not really a uh, news. It's an observation, but when we were doing the crossword puzzle last night, patron of the show, Melissa Lydum and I, there was an answer that was Bilko, and there was a TV show and a character named Sergeant Bilko, and I was like, do you think Sergeant Bilkins is a reference to Sergeant Bilko, this like classic TV character from the 60s? Hmm. Maybe? I don't know anything about Bilko. I know the name. I know the show. I know of the show. Bilkins, Bilko, they're both sergeants. They're both law enforcement, I think. Like Maybe. 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 I mean, what's in the name? It's not like a... It doesn't... I don't, as far as I know, Bilkins doesn't have any other significance, right? So... Yeah. Um, I also do want to say that I found... Now that I'm kind of folding in Rock the Vote into On the Streets, because we're not always doing it, but I did find, posted this week, that Dwayne Johnson is now the third most popular U.S. presidential candidate, according to bookmakers. What? Behind, obviously, Biden and Trump. They're the top two candidates. Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock, might be catching up. He's now the third most popular U.S. presidential candidate. According to betters in the U.K., at least, he's priced at plus 40,000. That means that for betters, he only has a 0.2% chance of winning the upcoming 2020 elections. I think that means that if you put down $100, that will become $40,000, right? That's exactly what that means, yeah. So there's a website called Odds Checker has also ranked the Baywatch actor, which I don't know why you call him Baywatch actor, but sure, whatever, do your thing. Yeah. As the third most popular candidate and revealed that 3.34% of all bets on the next U.S. president were made on Dwayne Johnson, which I mean, that's all people throwing their money away. But like, if you can turn $100 into $40,000. Hey, man, you know, all those people betting on the Blues to win the Stanley Cup when they're in last place. Yep. It could happen. Not saying that it's likely, but it could could happen and we've been pitching this for years now sure so yeah i mean if you have a hundred dollars maybe instead of just pissing it away donate to like donate to like campaign zero or something but like you know or a dollar put a dollar on it for four grand no it'd be four hundred dollars oh yeah that's right that's still not bad (laughs) definitely not four hundred dollars on a dollar bet can't beat it right that's all the news that i have i think i don't think i have anything else so only one more thing to do before i take a break is the fast and the furious minute minute 67 Ugh. i don't think there's any other title possibly no. other than no nope. more than you can afford pal
this minutes, Brian and Dom get into the newly finished Supra as Leon, Jesse, and Letty look on. Letty wishes them well, Jesse pets the hood, and Leon laughs. Brian takes off down the Pacific Coast Highway and stops at a red light. He lines up with a Ferrari driver and Ferrari passenger, and after some unkind small talk, the light turns green and they begin to race. This kind of been a minute that we've been looking forward to for a while, I think. I think so. I was going to ask you, and you have it in the dialogue here. To me, it sounds like Letty says, are you ready for this jumpy, not grumpy? I hear umpy, but I hear grumpy or gumpy or jumpy or something. But I don't know. Do any of those mean anything? Jumpy would kind of make the most sense. Like, he's, like, excited. Like, he wouldn't be, like, grumpy. So she call. I guess she's calling Brian jumpy? Yeah, like, are you ready? Like, because, like, he's, like, itchy to drive. And they said he has a lead foot you know what i mean like like he would be the most giddy about it like like she's using it as a synonym for giddy okay i like that i like that I'm that's, that's leave, my guess i'm gonna leave it in the doc as i have it like inaudible dot 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 jumpy but i changed it from jumpy to from grumpy to jumpy i think that makes more i mean grumpy doesn't make you know no it's not like vince is there like if vince was there i can see her calling him grumpy right but like i agree yes also where's vince at again if brian's around vince it's really tyler durden situation uh you know maybe <laughs> brian and vince are the same person wow two questions about dom here number one what does he hold is he holding a laptop to like time the car i think that he's holding a laptop to connect to the car to see if it's tuned correctly right right? because you can get lots of like diagnostic information from a motec not exhaust but like a motec ecu and i'm sure that they can play with like throttle response and all these kind of things right in the software so i'm sure that he's like just gonna get the diagnostics for who I'm presuming Jesse is going to fix it, but like he's just like tracking and logging the diagnostics, right? Okay, that's what I assumed. I just want to make sure that that was actually something that happened, which I think, yes. My more important question is, do we ever, ever, in any of these movies, see Dom not driving a car? That he's in a car and not driving? Ooh. Dom in the passenger seat looks weird. It looks very weird. Well, he picks up, Brian picks him up, right? Right. Okay. That's, that's, that's a good point. That's sort of out of necessity, kind of, right? Like, yes, this, so I'm gonna make a note of that, but this, this is, it's weird. It's weird to see him like actively like get in the passenger seat willingly. You know what? I'm trying to figure out how to say it. That's like, you're right. Cause like the other time is like a necessity, right? So if like Brian's driving down, he's like hop in, the cops are chasing him. Cool. That makes sense. Right. To see him being like, okay, we're going for a ride. I'll get in the passenger seat is like very strange. I agree. Maybe he's like, I'm not going to drive a Supra. No, uh, I'm, I'm joking. No, I mean, I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the case, but yeah, maybe he's just poo-pooing Toyota or something weird. So I, I have a huge revelation, but before I get to that, which is the, uh, once again, I redacted the document because these are the first new characters we've had in a while credited as Ferrari yes. driver and Ferrari passenger. I'll talk about them in a second. But okay. what did you notice? Anything of note? You want to talk about the Supra and then the Ferrari? Because these are the two. I mean, it's not a new car because we've seen them working on the Supra for a while, but this is the first time that like they're actually using it like a car. Yes. So, um, you know, I took note of everything about the Supra. One of the cool things is there's a sticker that says still in brakes, which we hadn't seen before. And I think like later in like the other movies, they switch to like Brembo. That's like the main brake company, right? Okay. And like, I think that there's like a bunch of Brembo stickers on everything like from here on out probably like once they get to 
like two. It was weird to see like a different brake company that kind of threw me off a little bit. One of the cool notes that I found like on the car movie database that like I personally didn't notice is that they use two different Ferraris. So they have a F355 and a 348 and they switch between the two a bunch in this scene that I've never caught before. So I think that's kind of interesting. That feels lazy. I mean, like even if they were like renting a Ferrari, even in California, like for them to get two of the exact same ones for this thing, like they probably had like one that was like the one that they could maybe wreck if they like do the chase and like one is like for internal shots, like maybe camera spacing or something like that. Any of those things? Sure. Okay. They needed two for a reason or it was money. Who knows? Sure. But yes, there's two of them. But also importantly, you found you found where this takes place. That is the coolest part about this. The shot, when they're lined up at the light, if you're in the document, you click on the Chevron, like the gas station. I lined it up. You're sitting right where Dom and Brian are sitting, looking at the light. The two signs in front of them that we used to find it, Trancas Canyon and Broad Beach, that sign is no longer there on the light, but... We found exactly where it was, so you can, if you go on the document, you can Google map yourself right there, take a little look around, see what's going on. The Chevron's still there, so that's pretty cool. That was, like, the most interesting thing for me, this part of it, so. I asked if you could find the, the sunglasses. If the sunglasses, there's nothing, it's all just generic stuff. I found somebody who'd asked it in, a, in like, an Oakley's sunglasses forum, and I read through all of that, and everybody's like, no, they look like they just, you know, found them at a gas station, which makes sense. Because they could have bought them at Toretto's Cafe, remember, when Jesse's trying on the dumb sunglasses? So possibly they're just like, you know, generic $2 gas station sunglasses. Somebody thought that they were something, like they possibly were Oakley's. They're not. At least that's what those guys say. They know more about sunglasses. If you're on a sunglasses forum, you know way more about sunglasses than I do. So I'll take them for their word. So here is the exciting thing. Tell me. The Ferrari driver is Neil Moritz. And I don't know if you know that name, but he is known primarily as a producer. He's been a producer on 118 things, including the first eight Fast and Furious movies, including oh, the cool. Turbocharged Prelude, including That's F9. Cool. Not Hobbs and Shaw, but most of these movies. He plays Ferrari Driver in this. He's got three acting credits. Ferrari okay. Driver in this. He yeah. plays Swerving Cop in Too Fast. So I don't know where to keep an eye out for him in Too Fast. Okay, we will. And then Luxury Car Driver in a movie called SWAT, which I don't know if you know that by name, but that's a movie that we are going to likely cover, hint, hint, wink, wink, next lap, because Michelle Rodriguez is in that. So he's in three movies, all of which we're going to talk about next lap. I was going to say all okay. with Michelle Rodriguez, but she's not in two, but okay. Too Fast and SWAT. Okay. The more interesting thing to me is Ferrari Passenger, who has no lines. Okay, let me take a guess. Can I guess who I think it is when I saw her sitting there? Yeah. Is it Charlotte from Sex and the City? No, no, no. Or the one that looks like her from Sex and the City? I mixed up their names. I don't know. I've never seen an episode of that. I don't know. She's only been in four oh, things. Oh, really? Okay. The actress's name is Doria Anselmo. She's credited as Doria Claire Anselmo. Credited okay. as Ferrari Passenger, okay? She's okay. in four things. In 2001, she was in this and Night Quest. In 2000, she was in a TV series called CA, maybe California, as Ms. Grant in one episode. But okay. the thing that blew my mind, she's okay. in a movie called Gone in 60 Seconds as Glass House Girl. She's the one, I think, who bangs making out? the guy while they're no. making out. I, am, I can't no. imagine who else would be credited as Glass House House girl in that movie 
other oh than God. that scene. That is fucking revolutionary. Holy shit. Isn't that insane? Yeah, for her to be in four things and two of them, one is Fast and Furious and one is Gone in 60 Seconds, that's incredible. And that, like, she's, like, a bit part, but she's just, like, I guess it shouldn't come as a... She's probably a model, I would guess, because she's eye candy yeah. in this. She's eye candy in that. I don't know what Night Quest or CA are. Probably she's just, you know, featured pretty extra or whatever. But yeah. like Glass House Girl, I was like, I know exactly who that is. It's it has scene to be that. Where Nicolas Cage and Angelina Jolie are on the stakeout, they're waiting to steal the car, and they're watching this couple have sex through a glass house. And then, yeah. you know, she kind of straddles him over the gear shift and whatever. And Yeah, what, what's what's better, having sex or stealing cars, having sex or boosting cars? But I saw that. Oh, and I was man, like, that's awesome, Oh, my dude. God. And we just watched it for my birthday, too. Yep. God damn, I wish we'd have done this minute a little bit earlier. We could have looked out for her. I also do want to point out that Dom is wearing khakis in this minute, which feels weird also. This is a very his weird... His whole outfit in this Dom minute. minute. Yeah. Like, his sunglasses don't fit his face right. He's wearing khakis. He has the computer. Like, what were they trying to do here? I don't get it. I don't know. I also do want to point out that last minute, as Tanner is talking to Brian outside the safe house, the score by BT starts all kinds of family. But here's where things get a little weird. So there's the YouTube video that I keep linking to where it's the entire score, like the disc that's just separate in the chapters. There's all kinds of family. Then there's a song by BT called Smoke the Ferrari, which I imagine has to be this. But like the song that plays while they're racing is Superstar by Saliva. So I don't know if this song was written for the movie and And not used, or if they use, like, part of it and not the entire thing. Maybe they use it after. Maybe it's, like, the interlude for, like, Neptunes, or is there one called, like, I Could Pay for My Own Shrimp or something? The next track on the score is called Race Wars. So I guess maybe if if there's score at Neptune's net, it might be it's probably this. That makes but sense. just something to keep, I guess, keep an eye out for, ear out for. I don't know. Anything else of note in the in this minute? This is a great minute, of course. No, I love how bookended it was. You know, we always talk about like how yep. serendipitous some of the minutes are. Yep. This one like starts like Brian's looking at the pool. It goes straight to the yep. the Supra. He drives away in it. It's like smoke the Ferrari, and like they see the light, it turns green. They start to drive off, and like that's the end of the minute. It, like it's perfectly enclosed. I love this one. So now trivia questions. Yes. I have nothing to let you know. So here's, <laughs> like, I was kind of rethinking in a way the trivia questions because I think like on the one hand there is the West thing like we don't want to be nitpicky. You want to be something that you like you would know like maybe not like the when we did the question of like what movie was it, it was the Rob Cohen the Bruce Lee movie or whatever right yeah. like it's like you don't you wouldn't know that but also like you might not know what Rob Cohen looks like and he plays the pizza boy like it's just kind of things where like people who know the movie know that so like we could ask who the driver like what what is the driver of the Ferrari best known for being a producer on these movies. Uh, we could say something more niche that is way harder, but like people who listen to this would know. What is the Ferrari passenger? What was what's her other prominent acting role? I, I don't know what else it could be about because like it, it kind of has to be about them, I think. It has to be about them or like it would be like what is strange about Dom getting into the car and like he's carrying a laptop, but that feels like, I don't know. That's the only other thing that I could think of. I do like asking who the driver of the Ferrari, like, what is the driver of the Ferrari best known for? And that's because he's a producer, okay. which is like a tough question and isn't really in the movie, but I think it should be about them. And I do like, if he's a producer of like eight of the movies, like, okay, that's a good fact to know. Like, if you were a super fan, you should learn that one. Right. right? Like, I think, I think when I, when I saw this, like, I wasn't surprised by it. I think that we knew this at some point, whether Wes wrote it in, whether I read it at some point, I think we knew at some point 
that this was a producer. I don't know that we knew he was in Too Fast, and the fact that she's Glass House Girl is mind-blowing to me. Yes, I agree. I really like that fact, but I don't think that that's, like, fair. <laughs> like, you wouldn't you wouldn't ever know that, because, like, there's no way we would have found that unless you, like, searched her name and, like, pieced it all together. So what is the actor who plays Ferrari Driver best known for? Directing the Fast and Furious, producing the Fast and Furious, scoring the Fast and Furious, or writing the Fast and Furious? Ooh, I like that. You're like, oh, I know he's involved somehow, I just don't know. I think that's one that you would probably most likely guess correctly. But like yes. it could be it could be BT, it could be Rob Cohen. You know he's in the movie somewhere. It could be yeah. I don't know if it's Chris Morgan or not, but like No, I like it. That's that's a good one. That's a, it's it's tough, but it, I, I think that's good. Because I think, yeah, because there's things that, like, there's adjacent things where I think we can kind of elaborate beyond that, like, because you have to think that, like, people who would go to a themed night of the Fast and Furious probably have done a little bit of digging into, like, oh, who is that guy, by the way, right? So Or be like, that was a cool fact that I learned. Like, you wouldn't be sad that you got it wrong because you'd be like, oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Can't believe I guessed two horizontal blue stripes on the pillow and there was actually three motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Any other notes before we uh, take a break and talk about segments all over the place? No, that's a good minute, though. That's a really good minute. Let's take a break and then hear another word from the hundreds and then do segments all over the place. Episode 100, brought to you by The Hundreds. The Hundreds clothing encompasses t-shirts, denim, wovens, fleece, headwear, and outerwear. Much of the brand narrative is told through collaborations with partners like Disney, Adidas, and Garfield. Currently, The Hundreds is stocked worldwide. Shout out The Hundreds. Shout out The Hundreds. Well, we did our normal top of the show festivities, and now it is time for the segments all over the place. place. Joe, we we teased in the beginning, we teased in the intro, we have a lot of games on the show, we have a lot of things that we do, a lot of things that we are known for, sort of, kind of, in a way. Little Red Candle. And we're going to do all of them Yeah, do it. The only thing we're not going to do in this back half is the minute, because we did the minute in the first half. That's just where it belongs, where it lives. Why do an extra minute? And that's not going to happen. So you heard minute 67 earlier. We're okay. cool. Here's literally everything else. So get ready. So here's... Strap in. I was telling you before, a lot of this is going to be me quizzing you, but not in a way that's like, you should know these things. It's more of a way than like me just saying like, oh, here's a fact. Yeah. It's going to be like, here, what do you think? And I'll just say it. So it's basically like, you know, either or, because we're going to talk about the either ors. There's no wrong answer. It's just what you think. And I think, I'm guessing, you're going to do really well on this quiz just because unless you have not been listening to our guests, which I think you have been because you ask very good questions. Thank you. Uh, I think you're going to be able to know most of the answers to most of these things. Okay. I think. Yeah, I wonder what the questions are. I have no idea what they are, so. You have no idea, basically. I mean, you know some of the things that we're doing here, but basically you know not much of what's going to happen no. in the next, you know. So first, not a great name for this, analytics breakdown. Analytics breakdown. So every time we have a guest on, we ask a whole bunch of either or questions, right? Yes. Uh, last episode, we didn't have a guest when we talked about smoking the band, but we had Jerry send in his either or questions. Oh, so we did? So we're going to go through, and I've done some tallying. Okay. So I have the answers. I have the cumulative answers for each of these. 
Okay. So I want to know what you think, and there's, again, if you don't know it, you don't, it doesn't matter, but, like, we've had 31 people answer if they're more of a Brian or a Dom. What do you think is the more popular, the more common answer? Um, I would say Dom. No, actually, two to one, almost. Brian? Brian in favor. Yeah. Damn. And I don't know if that's just because people aren't a Dom, but 61.29% said Brian, 35 said Dom, Chris Mattiello said, Brian in the streets, Dom in the sheets. <laughs> I was thinking that a lot of people always, like, refer to Dom as being, like, a family kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So that, and, like, Brian's, like, a cop. I don't know. I don't remember as many people saying Brian. So that's You said Brian. I said Dom. And I feel like that's weird for both of us, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to skip over Brian, good cop or bad cop. I feel like it's, like, on a quiz, it's N-E-I. We've had four of those. One person said good cop, and three people gave different answers, more complex answers. It's not really an either-or question. But now, Mia or Letty, what is more common, Mia or Letty? Mia. Yes. Almost the same breakdown, 64% Mia, 32% Letty. Island said Mia on the outside, Letty on her, as her thoughts. Like, how she thinks is like Letty, but on the outside, she looks like a Mia. Yeah. That makes sense. Now, Tezure Roman... Tej or Roman? We've had 25 answers. Because we've added these at different times. Not everybody has seen every movie. We can't ask everybody every question. 25 people, Tej or Roman. What's more common, Tej or Roman? More Romans? No, but it's close. There's 52% Tej, 40% Roman. Hmm. Walt Hickey at work is Tej, at home is Roman. Hmm. Now this one, I feel like, is one we've been talking about a lot with our guests. Hobbs or Shaw? I would say a lot more people say Shaw because they're not Hobbs. Exactly. 70% say Shaw, 30% say Hobbs. Of the 17 people, 70-30 split. Yeah, that makes sense. We hear that a lot. You have a stake in this game. You have a horse in this race. <laughs> American muscle versus imports. 31 people, what's more common? American muscle. They all answer American yes. muscle, yeah. Again, 64% American muscle. It seems like to be like the common, like a lot of these are like 64%, including the next one also. 25% import. Tobin said pickup trucks. Not an option, but he said pickup trucks. Island said Jeeps. And Gwyn Watkins said... I don't drive. No cars. Yeah. Corona or Belgian ale. If you got this one wrong, I would be surprised. It's Corona. Everybody answers yeah. Corona. Especially because they're Two here. Two to one almost. Yeah. Yep. 64% Corona. 28% Belgian ale. Kara said neither because she hasn't Somebody said whiskey. Wind. Who said whiskey? Roxana said bourbon. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. I remember. Now this one I think you also know just because I don't remember a lot of people saying one of the answers, but we have one. Racer or designer? 28 people have answered racer or designer. I feel like everybody says designer. Yeah. We had a little run in the middle where six of seven people said racer. We had Jordan, Austin, Kim Basine, Chris Malika, Dan Chris, Hayden, and yeah. Larson all said racer. But 64% again said designer. We have Kyle Reinfried, the foodie films man himself, and Jeff Legaspi both said both. Oh. So a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Now here's uh, a special thing that I want to share with you. I can't put this on the podcast. I can link to it, though. What? So this is your your favorite your new favorite thing. What's your favorite question? I mean, I don't know actually. I don't know if this is the right answer, but what's your favorite question that we ask people? What what you what excites you the most? I don't know. What excites me the most? Them loving In and Out and shitting on Whataburger. No, not that one. Distraction songs. So what I did Ugh. is I made a Spotify playlist Ugh. of every distraction song. So if you want to be so good to all the different songs. Oh man! So I will link to that in the episode. There are twenty. Four songs, 23 songs right now, including the one that Jerry just sent. Oh, that's awesome. Wild genres. It feels like this is the kind of algorithm that people are like, what the fuck are you into? Like, none of this makes sense. None of this has anything to do with anything. But yeah, 23 songs in the Distraction Song playlist. If you have Spotify, 
check it out. That's very cool. I wish I knew who picked which ones, though. Well, I can tell you. I can run this through. So I picked Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. You picked the Bee Gees, More Than a Woman. Yeah, that's a Brian good one. picked Donza Kaduro. Great song. We had Kim Basine pick Seals from Kiss from a Rose. Great song. Great song. The Mikester said Ace of Bases, I Saw the Sign. <laughs> yeah. Michael DeManico said Dusty Springfield or Janis Joplin's Peace of My Heart. Yeah, there you go. Chris Malika, Baby Got Back. Mm-hmm. Dan Hayden, I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor. We talked about that last episode briefly. We did. Larson said Work It by Missy Elliott. <laughs> Kyle Reinfried said Good Old Fashioned Lover Boy by Queen. Great, great. Rachel said another Queen song. She said Bohemian Rhapsody. Two Queen songs back to back. Nice. Kate Hudson said Like a Virgin by Madonna. Gwyn Watkins said Total Eclipse of the Heart by yes. Bonnie Tyler. Cara Gayle Regan said Rupert Holmes, the Pina Colada song. Okay. Nicole Sweeney said Meredith Brooks, Bitch. And yeah. then Marinus Alvarez said Gnarls Barkley's Crazy, and then I inspired both of them to do the Supernova Girl from Xenon, <laughs> Girl of the 21st Century, but that's actually not really on Spotify, so there's kind of like a weird bootleg version there. Okay. Our pal Nate Milton did New Edition's Candy Girl or Darius Rucker's Wagon Wheel. Okay. Got two songs on there. Liz said Journey's Don't Stop Believin'. Roxana Haddadi said Garbage's Number One Crush. Mm-hmm. Dan Hamamura said Interstate Love Song by the Stone Temple Pilots. Jeff Legaspi said I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. Yep. Brian Silliman said Cabaret from Cabaret. And then just last episode, we heard from Jerry, Wanna Be Starting Something by Michael Jackson. Yeah, damn, that's a good playlist. That's a lot of fun. It's a weird playlist, but it's, it's a, a party playlist. playlist. It's like yeah. you're having a party in your house and you're drinking beers. Like, this is what this is, yeah. Bedded on black or red, what is more common? I think this is also black. an easy one. 68% of the 25 people who have responded to this, 68% have said black. Yes. 28% have said red. One person said neither of those answers. Do you remember who that is and what they said? Oh, somebody said bet on zero and it might have been Kyle. You said, you said, put it on both. I don't know, I don't remember the reasoning, but I have a red circle and a black circle here for you. Oh, I said it depends on the day, like Gemini okay. nature. Like, it would depend sense. on the mood that I'm in at the time. That was the only trick question here, because, like, I was at, I was hoping for your answer, but, yeah, I, I didn't remember that you did that until I was literally looking at this, so. Yeah, I was saying, like, I can't give you a definitive answer. Like, if you ask me, like, you know, 20 minutes apart, I'd be like, oh, definitely red, or, like, definitely black, and I don't know why. Yeah, so then this next one, into a plane or out of a plane, we have 24 answers. Your wife, Rachel, sent either one. Everyone else has voted for one. One has 50%. And one has one less than 50%. Which one do you think is ever, ever, ever so slightly more popular? Into a plane or out of a plane? Out of. Into, believe it or not. Damn. One more person. I went out of, you went into. So if you had changed it, it would have been the other way. Mm. Death by fiery explosion or icy water. 21 people. Pretty overwhelming which one it is. Uh, Death by explosion. Yes. Two to one. I said explosion. You said water. Not too many people said water. Brian Rodriguez said water. Larson said water. Gwyn Watkins said water. Nicole Sweeney said water. Roxana said wet cheeseburger, if you'll remember that, <laughs> that, when we asked the question earlier. And Kyle Reinfried said torn to pieces by a bear. I don't remember how that came up. Yeah, he picked something else. That's right. Is the word oil one syllable or two? One. 50-50 split. 12-12. Wow. Including, and that's including the fact that the last eight people and 10 of the last 12 have said one. Two had such an overwhelming lead, and two has lost all momentum. This is like a 28-3, to like the Falcons in the Super Bowl. We got two losing its momentum. Yeah, damn. This is no surprise here. In-N-Out or Whataburger, overwhelming favorite. In-N-Out. Yeah, for sure. Brian Rodriguez says local cuisine. 
Kara says neither N-A. And yeah, everybody else. Basically, it's me and it's Nate Milton with Whataburger and everyone else says in and out You against the world. Another easy one, Revenge of the Nerds or The Dark Knight? Dark Knight, always. Yes. Three to one, 75% Dark Knight, but you and Brian and Larson and Kate Hudson. Look at that Kara, crew. Look at that crew. crew. Also, Revenge of the Nerds. I like Revenge of the Nerds. Like, we... Yeah. So, it has problems, but I really like that movie. So Then we have Food All Over the Place and No Knees Denise. What do those mean? Those are kind of recent. Brian said Buffet. he's excited. There's a lot of food. Is there is there food on the ground? Is it dirty? <laughs> Roxana said it's a dirty restaurant or a food fight like in Hook. Yeah. Dan Hamamura said it's a buffet where the food is just out and about. Jeff Legaspi said there's many different cuisines. Brian Silliman said there's trays upon trays, food all over the tables, on the floors, on the walls, edible. Someone's thrown it. It's Willy Wonka-esque. Everything. You can eat anything, anywhere. Perfect. And then Jerry just said, buffet or a food fight? Buffet. And then no niece to niece. We've only asked two people. Brian had his wildly complex answer. Black hair and a ponytail. Tank top. This is like your, what's the next movie going to be? Like, how is Zac Efron going to cry? <laughs> Black hair in a ponytail. Tank top. Legs straight down. Not sticks, but really round cylinders. Perfectly natural. Obviously, she can't bend. She's walking around the park, goose-stepping. She's accused of being a Nazi. She has to say, no, I'm not a Nazi. I have no knees. They say, that's not really a thing, Denise. She says, how do you know my name? They say, we heard about you. You're, no, you're goose-stepping Denise. She has to start wearing a sign that says, I'm not a Nazi. I just have no knees. And my, knees, my, my name is Denise. What's up? <laughs> or, he says, if you run afoul of her, you walk away with your kneecaps busted. You're going to have to goose-step everywhere yourself. <laughs> and then Jerry said, either stubs, meaning no knees, or just a promiscuous woman. We're just still wondering. How? The no knees implies it. It's like, come hither eyes, you know, but no knee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, the only other question that we have asked, well, we did the uh, Deckard versus Owen, but I, it's almost a 50-50 split, and no one really knows how to answer that, because they're just like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. That's, there's a reason we got rid of that question, but I don't want to be disrespectful to our history. But favorite character, so we have 22 answers here. There are four, eight, 12 different answers that people have given, so 12 out of 22 are different answers. But there's one favorite. Well, there's one clear favorite, and then there's one in second place, and then everybody else is one or two. So how many of these people can you name? Like, actually, I don't know how to... I, it's just hard to play with one person, but like Family Feud style. You're, try, you're trying to go for the top answer on the board. Han. Top answer on the board. Han, number one. Seven out of 22 have said Han is their favorite. Now, number two might be surprising. Roman. Roman, number two, with five, yeah. Yeah. And then, I guess, think of the... Who are the... T- Four people that have had two votes. Brian. Yep. Uh, Dom. Yep. Uh, Mia. No. Letty? Mia's been nobody's Letty. favorite. Letty? Oh, Letty has two. Yeah, also, yeah, that's a fifth. Sorry, I didn't see Letty. But yeah, Letty has two, so there's two more that you're looking for. Hobbs. No, Hobbs has one. Okay. Who else has two, then? Somebody, if you'll remember, I don't know if you're going to remember, but who was Brian Silliman's favorite character? Because he's got two now. I don't remember at all. I'll give you one more hint. Both people you're looking for have the same last name. Oh, Hattie Shaw. Uh-huh. And? And Deckard Shaw. Deckard Shaw, yeah. And then the purple, the people with one, Giselle, Hobbs, Rico and Tego. Nate said Rico and Tego. We gave it to him. Yeah. We got Suki and we got Tej, all with one vote each. Yeah, Suki for Brian, for sure. Yeah. Similarly to that, but a different thing now, we're sort of pivoting to the quiz. We have a character quiz, which doesn't have a name, which is a character quiz. Yeah. We've gotten... 9, 12, 15, 18, 21 people have taken the quiz. And we've had 9, 10 different answers. 21 people, 10 different answers. Okay. Who do you think is the most common quiz result? 
Is it Dom? Dom, because he's like 12% or something. It's, like, it's a crazy disproportionate based on the percentages. Yeah. Dom at 12.47% has been received by five people. That makes sense. Three other people have more than one answer. So we've got six people. Basically, our family, there's six people with one representation. Okay. Dom has got five, but there's two with three, and there's one with four. Tej has three. Tej has one. Tej has one. Tej, the Tej that we just got, I think, was uh, the first Tej we had. Oh, Okay, um, Roman? Roman has one. Okay. These aren't wrong answers. Brian yeah, as long has as you're on the list. Brian has one. Brian has one. Keeping in mind that we have 20 people on the quiz, so we have 10 left that we have not gotten yet. So there's a lot more game to play. Yeah. So you got Brian with one, Roman with one, Tej with one, Dom with five. Hmm, who has three? Who else has three? Who am I? Because that's one of the three. Mia. Mia has three. I don't know if you're going to remember this, but who was I when we first did the quiz? Who was I until we redid the points and then I became Mia? Do you remember who I was originally? Mr. Nobody. Mr. Nobody's got four. Damn, how? I don't know. I think he's a common answer. So Dom has a chance of 12.47. Mr. Nobody is 764. Roman's got an over a nine. He's only had one. Mia has only has a 5%, which is, again, higher than a lot of people, but like... It's so directed, though. It's not like completely random, you know? like Right. There's one more person who has three votes, and I don't remember who... This is a better way to do it, so let's see here. Who got this person? The three people who are this person. Michael DeManico, Nicole Sweeney, and Marines Alvarez. Do you remember? I, not, I, don't, I wouldn't no, remember who they are. I don't but remember. personality-wise, can you guess? I feel like it was like Ramsey's, maybe? Ramsey, yep. Three people. Ramsey. That makes sense. Okay. Then the other ones, we have Brian with one, Han with one, Roman with one, Suki with one, Tej with one, and Twinkie with one. Okay. That's cool, so that though. That means that there's ten more That we didn't even get yet. Yeah. That we haven't gotten yet. That Wes has written, that we did all the points for, that Wes wrote descriptions for. We got a lot of secrets here. It's like, you know, a choose your own adventure, a lot more to do. And what I will say is that we are now adding for the next lap for Nico mm-hmm. and Kevo. Do it, say it. We're adding five more characters. We're adding Hattie Shaw. Yep. We're adding Brixton. We're adding Dinkley. Oh. We're adding Queenie, aka Magdalene Shaw, aka Dame Helen Mirren. Yes. And we're adding Locke, the Ryan Reynolds character. Yes. So it's a little bit of a reveal on who's there. But five more characters. We're gonna have twenty five potential outcomes. When Nico and Kevo and every other guest pass that, take the quiz. Yeah, I'm so excited. So now the question to you, Joe, do you want to retake the quiz or do you want to keep your status as Dom? I feel like I know too much. I can redo it, but I feel like I could rig it. Let me, I'll answer honestly. Well, do you want to, yeah, I mean, you could rig it. You could try to get a character. Do you want to try to get a character? Do you want to pick like an obscure character and try to get that person? Um, hmm. I don't know. Actually, that might prove that we are not good at this. Because I feel like people are like, that's a good job. But like if we, if you say try to get Twinkie and can't get Twinkie, it might not, you know what I mean? Like that might, that might prove that we're like just, we're not actually the Wizard of Oz after all. We're just the man behind a curtain. I don't know. I don't Why know. Why don't you just answer, answer honestly. Okay, go and ahead. we'll see if you are Dom or not. Because Dom's the most popular answer. You were Dom already. Yeah. Let's see. How fast are you? Do you, do you want me to read the answers or do you know the answers? Um, I'm going to go Lambo. How furious are you? Uh, Christian Bale. We're having a barbecue. How are you helping? I'm manning the grill. You've got time to kill. What are you doing? Um, having a beer. Describe your wedding. Oh, what are the what are it's the me answer? and my partner or us and our families? I think those are the two that you're probably between. Yeah. Um, me and my partner. You just won the lottery. What are you buying? Um, a fleet of cars. And what's your drink of choice? Whatever you're having. You are still Dominic Toretto. Yeah, that was just like a really honest. 
honest. And I knew that I was going to get it when I was like answering through the things. I was like, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Your second character, who is not something that we have had yet, which is a distant second from this, from Dom. Dom, you had 55 points. Second place, you had 42. Owen Shaw. I'm not going to read the description yet, because oh. I'm going to unlock Owen to get the description. But you, second place, you're just an alpha male. That's what you are. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna see if I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep mine as Mia. I think. I'm just gonna redo it here. I'm a. I'm gonna say Prius. I'm gonna say Charlie Brown. I'm gonna say kicking back with a beer. I'm gonna say working on my computer. What do I want to do for my wedding? I don't know, man. I'll do backyard country affair. I just <laughs> want a lottery. Else. What am I buying? I'll say a new life and my drink of choice. Of these, I'll just say water. I got Ramsey now. Which, you know... That works. That works. But I feel like I'm, you know, I am a Mia. I'm going to keep with Mia. But I just want to see that, you know. We're going to have to retake it, I think, for real, officially, when uh, there's new characters. But for sure. But we have yeah. time for that. And it's actually but... probably going to change the whole dynamic of, like, the rest of it, too, no matter what, so... I'm most interested to see how the percentages change. And I think Same. we also might... We could. We don't have to. But we could alter things to, like, have the spikes be different and kind of balance it a little more. But we don't mm. have to. I mean, we can keep Dom as the overwhelming favorite, because, like... Nobody's going to be upset that they're Dominic Toretto. You know exactly. I mean? Yeah, it makes sense. There's one character who I don't know if we're ever going to get because it's a less than 1% chance. There are two in the... No, actually, there's three characters between 1% and 2%. Okay. That I don't know that anybody's ever going to get those. No, I mean, well, we have to, you know, have 100 people take the quiz. Yeah. And one or two will get them. <laughs> That's how it works. Maybe, maybe. I think that the questions are kind of skewed towards Dom. Any, like, it's a Dom centric franchise right so like the questions are skewed towards him naturally i think so yeah it makes sense that he's the best choice or like the most popular option also like i think if you're trying to get him i think it's easy to get him but i mean even if you answer honestly like a lot of them are gonna be like drinking beer barbecuing like if you're yeah. like yep. fast drinking beer and barbecuing that's what you're gonna get the last thing to guess i think i think this is the last thing to guess Okay. And this is probably, I think this is relatively easy. I don't know if you're going to get it flawless, but the average rankings for oh. the movies. Okay. So we have now, for the movies, for the rankings, we have rankings to some extent from 43 different people. Okay? Yeah. You want me to go top to bottom? There's only two movies. There's only one movie. Okay, there's I one I don't even movie. think I need hints. Well, there's one movie that has not been anybody's number one. Do you know what that is? Hobbs and Shaw. No? That's a kind of a trick question, because that's the Nicole Sweeney. She's only seen two that's right, uh, the one the first one. Okay. But there's one movie, other than that, I mean, that doesn't really count, but it counts. One movie has not been anybody's number one. We just heard, I'm counting this yeah, one and a half, but really one, like, Fate is Brian's favorite, but there's one that's not Fate that is not anybody's favorite movie. Let me think. It is somebody's number two, though. I don't remember who that is. Justin just moved his two up to one. Yes. Did you count that? That counts? So, okay. That counts. So, four. Four is the one that nobody picked number one. Yeah. I don't remember who this is, and I apologize. It's, a, it's Dustin Sheenyfelt? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's one of your friends. Yeah. He put Fast and Furious number four at number two. Yeah. That's the highest one. That's high. But also, for, for Too Fast... We have uh, John Keel, who wrote in Too Fast at number one. Justin Kleiman now is it at number one. And Jason Dickinson is it at number one as well. Yeah, it's a fun movie, dude. We like it. Okay, top down, from most favorite to least favorite, rank these movies by the collective. Okay, one, five. Yes, an average rating of 2.13. So it's fallen a little bit in Hector's irredeemable tour. <laughs> yeah. That he brought back up. Lower number is better, and it can't be below one, because one means it's across the board. It's one. It was almost below two, yeah. but 2.13. And that's very clear, because the next closest is six. 3.48. Yes, Fast and Furious 6, 3.48. But then just, just behind it, 
at 353 is... The first one. Yep, the first one. And then the only other one that's even in the ballpark of those at a 394 is... Seven, I'm going to guess. Seven, yes. You're four for four. Yeah. So those are all an average of better than four. But okay. then we have... Actually, there's one in the fours. What movie has an average rating of 464? Tokyo Drift. Yep, Tokyo Drift, 464. Okay. So then there are four movies left, all with... Actually, so there's one that has... I'll go from just numbers. There's a 588, there's a 602, there's a 617, and there's a 701. So what's the 588? Uh, too fast. No. Ooh, that was my first one wrong. Okay, let me think. Um... Uh, let so me this see. is sixth place of nine. Five eight eight. Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. Five point eight eight. Okay. Fewer, smaller sample size, but still. Yeah. Valid mathematically. Now a six oh two. That one gonna be too fast now. No. Okay. What comes next? You have two, four, and eight left. So four. Four is a six oh two. Yeah. Then which one's a six one seven? Just behind two. That. Two. And then a seven oh one. Way <laughs> way down there. Eight. Fate of the Furious. And that's after Brian 1.5 brought it way up, right? So Yeah, damn. I am really wondering, whenever we do our next rankings, eight I don't know I don't know how eight can be higher, but eight's gonna be higher on my list. I don't know what it's gonna leapfrog, but it might not be last. I don't know. I don't know. Uh yeah, I don't know either. Like I love eight. I genuinely loved watching eight the last time, but I don't know what I like it more than. It, it, two and four, possibly. Maybe not even two. Four? I don't know. And four's not that bad. If you start rewatching four, you're going to be like, oh, I don't know. Kind of, sort of ish adjacent to this. Okay. We have talked about what's good, what's bad, what's iconic, to use Brian Rodriguez's terms. Yes. We have something exciting. We have something special planned. Yes, I'm so excited. Starting right now. Live. Right now. Live right now and running through Saturday, July 11th. So you have almost a full month. We are opening the first ever balloting for the Fast and the Furious Hall of Fame. That's the Hall of Fame. So this is curated and presented by us, Too Fast, Too Forever. Yeah. The goal is to immortalize the best of both the franchise and the podcast. Yes. So we have this works. Vote once. Vote many times. Probably don't overstuff the ballot box, but if you want to, you can. You know, I mean, no nobody's wrong. gonna stop you. Like right. there are twenty-five nominees. And this is basically modeled after the baseball, the Pro Baseball Hall of Fame. You can vote for up to 10 people. You don't have to cast 10 votes. You can just cast one. You can cast two. You can cast all 10. Whatever you want to do. Whatever you think is immortalizing. But by not casting a vote, that's the same as casting a no vote. Correct. Like a no, like, like not a no vote, like you just didn't vote for it. It's like a vote against it. So the way that this works is that 75%, 75%, anything that receives 75% yes, gets elected into the Hall of Fame, gets enshrined. Yep. Anything with fewer than 10% gets knocked off the ballot. Yeah. Uh, they can come back five ballots later, whenever that is, probably annual, who knows. And also, if a thing does not get in after five attempts, it's also off the ballot. Yep. So it's there's, there's a little bit of a balance here. You have to vote for the things you want over the things that you think deserve it. But also, if you have extra votes and you want to make sure that, like, maybe not first class, maybe not right now, but I'm worried that X is not going to be on the ballot next year, you might want to cast a vote, maybe. I don't know if you have to, because there's a lot of tough choices on here. There's a lot of tough choices. So let's go through the nominees. 
There are five categories. We broke them, yeah, we broke them into five categories. So each with five nominees. So Joe, will you please, in the first category, the actor category, actor character category, please give our five nominees. First one, Vin Diesel, Dominic Toretto. Of course. I don't want to editorialize. I don't want to sway, but like. Come on, of course. Of course. The Babe Ruth of this franchise. This is so easy. I mean, like, this is that's why this ballot's so hard. Next one, Paul Walker, Brian O'Connor. Yeah. Michelle Rodriguez, Letty Ortiz, Jordana Brewster, or Mia Toretto. And last but not least is Dwayne Johnson, Lucas Rebecca Hobbs. He, uh, he showed up late, but he has made an impact. A huge impact, as big as the muscles are in his picture. So now our next category is stunt slash scene. When you're thinking about the when you think <laughs> about the movies, think about the franchise. What is immortalized in your brain? These are some sleepers in here, man. I don't know how people can. I don't think you can ignore them. Okay, so we got World's Wrongest Runway. Yep. Second one, dragging the safe through Rio, jumping across a building, across three buildings. Three buildings. Yeah. Three buildings. Sell it. Three buildings. Exactly, because it's yeah. There's three buildings there. From one to two. To three. Then you got Brian and Dumb jumping across the train tracks at the end of one, and you got the Tuner Scramble from two, from Too Fast. Yeah. All different movies, all kind of the climactic action in all of them, in a way, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, tough, 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 tough. It is. But those are some iconic ones, yeah. The next one's going to be the toughest one, I think, to get enshrined. I think this is going to be it's, for it's, the, yes. uh, the 2F2F two two stands. <laughs> exactly. The people that I think prioritize the podcast over the movies, because you only have 10 votes. And, and these are five good these, ones. They're all worthy, but it's tough to throw anything this way. So we have jokes, memes, or kind of just discussion topics. So Joe, hit us with these five. What are the five nominees for jokes slash memes slash topics? I think they could guess them, but obviously, no knees to knees. Of course. Obviously, food all over the place. Plantains. The impossibility of the quiz. On this quiz, which is at cageclub.me slash bracket, because that's where I'm putting all the voting stuff now. Uh, I put pictures for each one. I Googled for that one. I'm like, I don't know what to, like, I don't want to put our logo. That's kind of dumb. So I just Googled hard quiz and there's a game show apparently called hard quiz. So it's just some dude I don't know. I think it's British. I don't know, but he looks like the most bland white guy ever. Like I've seen this man before, but have never seen this man before. Do you have that feeling too? You're like, oh yeah, that guy that was waiting for the bus that day. Like, you know, like he just looks like any white guy. (laughs) Like, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Next one. Whataburger versus In-N-Out. Of course. And the last one, the classic game. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Cool. This next one, this is a, this is a tough one. This, this I think, is the biggest wild card. I think that, like, the way that I think that this is going to shake out, and I don't want to sway, I don't think this is swaying people. No. I think character actor is a pretty easy, clear-cut yes or no, right? Yeah, yeah. I think scene is a pretty clear-cut yes or no. It's a little bit tougher, because I think it's like, because character feels like, when you, when you think about a movie first, you think about the character, and then you think maybe about the action scenes. The meme joke, I think, is going to be the, toughest one to get in but i think I that we can see some stuff in here this one i think is a wild card i don't know if we're gonna get none of these no we're, gonna we're get definitely all five gonna, of these we're gonna get a couple of these for sure but we have just the movie movie overall the movie itself does the movie itself deserve placement recognition in the fast and furious hall of fame joe what are the five nominees the original fast and furious next we got fast and furious tokyo drift which i know is yep. like polarizing then the next one we got fast five yep we got Fast 6, yep, and we got Fast 7, or Fury 7, sorry. So what we did here is we took the five movies with the highest average rating and put them in here. So this is not really us. I mean, I think we would agree pretty much. Yeah. But these are the five that you, our listeners, our people, our friends. Everybody that's written, written in. in. Yeah. Guests on the podcast. You have all said these are, your these top are the five. five that mean the most to us. 
these are the five nominees. Yeah. And then one more category. You have to. How can you not? Oh God, this one's this one's the hardest for me personally. I think that gives Car you guys a hint. Slash vehicle. Brian's Eclipse, the green one from the first Fast and the Furious, super yep. iconic. Dom's Charger from the first Fast and the Furious. Of course. Brian's Supra from the first Fast and the Furious. This is a fucking sleeper in yep. so many terms. How about a black Honda Civic from the first Fast and the Furious? With a spoon engine? Who knows? Who knows? Motec system exhaust? Final nominee. Last one, super classic, iconic car. Hans Mazda RX-7 from Tokyo Drift. That's a really iconic Fast and Furious car, even if you're not a big fan of Tokyo Drift, right? Like, that's... Yeah. I mean, that's the one that you Kobe'd the... You Babe Ruth. Oh, that's right. Brian Sullivan. Yeah, that's true. You and I have both voted. I did. I think that I might vote again, because I don't know if I'm going to stick with my answers. I don't I'm going mean, to give myself a couple to, weeks, and I'm going I'm I'm to... I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to, but we've not discussed what we voted for. I did not look at your answers. Good, don't. But we are going to vote again, and then we are going to announce at the start of lap seven, on the first episode on the Fast and the Furious lap seven, we're going to reveal the winners, officially induct. I guess we can't have more than 10 things get in, right? Because if, if everybody votes for the same 10 things... Well, no, I guess that's not true. Because if 75% of people... What's the what's the most... It has to be like 12. How many times How many times is 70, 750 or 7... We 13 things. Yeah, 13. I said 12, yeah. Yeah, 13 things. 13 things could get in. So anywhere between 0 and 13. I think... Not even thinking about like what's on the list, but how many... Just pick a number... Between zero and four. thirteen, how many things? How many, how many things do you think are going to get in? No, I think it'd be a little bit more than that. I think there's like there's like five really solid ones. You think five? I think five are going to be like really, but I, more realistically, like four. All right, I think that's a good. I think that's a good number. I think that's a good guess. I'll say. I see a couple there that are like sure, like they're shoe ins. Like if this doesn't get in, I'm going to be floored. Are you? So is your final answer four or five? Four. Okay, then I'll say five because if you said five, I would have said six. Okay. But I'll take five. You can take four. Okay. We'll find out in just about a month. July 14th, the episode comes out. We'll find out together. This is going to be... It's, this is... I'm really I'm, I'm really I'm, I'm scared. I'm yeah. excited. I'm nervous. <laughs> Same. The next segment, everyone's favorite. I mean, at least my favorite. favorite and my my hands kind down of favorite. begrudging favorite. We are doing a bonus here. This is... this is Never never been is done new, before. This is new ground. We are doing a bonus chapter of You Are My Lifespan. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay. There's no so when we did the watch party, Alex said he has not listened. He's like, I haven't listened to every episode. I haven't listened to those. We're like, you got to listen to these, man. They're the best. What is You Are My Lifespan and how did this begin? You Are My Lifespan started with when we were doing Zack Attack, we had discovered there was erotic Zac Efron fan fiction yep. about a spinoff high school musical movie called Sharp Ace Fabulous Adventure. Somebody wrote Sharp Ace Fabulous Adventure 2, which is the continuation of that movie. So we found that and we were like, oh, this is awesome. And we read through it. We did an episode on that on Zack Attack. When we were doing Too Fast, I was like, oh, that was so much fun. Let's see if there's any Fast and the Furious fan fiction. And we discovered You Are My Lifespan. And I read like two or three chapters into it. And I told Joey, this is perfect. This is exactly what we want to do. We decided that once a lap, We'll read a chapter of You Are My Lifespan. There's like something near 40 chapters of this. Yep. We use the word chapter loosely. I mean, she calls it chapters. It is written by Lunar She-Wolf. On fanfiction.net. You can find it there. The only thing we try to do is just read what's on the page. You know, we do some voices for it, and it's probably my favorite segment that we do on Too Fast. Yep. Hands down. On the last chapter, Mia and Brian picked up Ellie from Johnny Tran's house, where they found her. 
They brought her back for approximately 36 minutes. At what point, she yelled at Mia. They had a fight. Johnny Tran called her, said, hey, when can I see you again? He was outside of her house already. Uh, She convinced Mia that they would have lunch together with Johnny Tran at some point as she runs out the door to go meet Johnny Tran after she had just left his house and then got grounded and came back. Yes. So now one, one casting note in this chapter. The role of Johnny Tran will be played by Brian Rodriguez. Hello, Brian. Hello. I'm excited. Welcome to Lifespan. It's my favorite thing ever. Last last episode, we had Cara Galo Regan uh, play Mia Toretto, which was mm-hmm. marvelous. We had Mikester play... Did he play Dom? No, he played like Leon or something. <laughs> he played Leon. And Rachel had one line, right? Yeah, Rachel had one line. And one too, and she and she might have played somebody like like Lance. I think she just like had a line though. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, chapter five. Sorry for the late update. Thank you all for the reviews and favorites. Anyways, let me know what you think. Walking outside, I smiled, spotting Johnny leaning against his black Honda. Just as I reached him, he pulled me into a tight hug, wrapping my arms around his neck. I pecked his lips. Missed me. Rolling his deep brown eyes, he leaned down, giving my neck and small kiss. I was worried. And that's bad. Why? With a sigh pulled away, looking at everything but me. Ellie, all my life I've had one thing to worry about, and that was surviving. I didn't care who got hurt within my business and races. The only other thing I worried about is my family. Then you came along and turned my world upside down. The weird part was, I loved it. When I first saw you, I knew I was trapped. I just had to have you in my life. He chuckled a little, letting his hands fall on my hips. Lance would give me shit for not asking you out. But being the sister of Toretto, well... Well? I pushed. This was the most I have ever heard him talk, let alone about his feelings. It would have looked bad. Everyone knew what Dom did to my sister. Me asking you out would have sent the wrong signal. I suddenly began laughing, earning a confused look from him. <laughs> Sorry! I suddenly remembered the night you asked me out. Johnny scratched the back of his neck, giving me a cheeky smile. Yeah, that was a bit awkward. Pulling his head down, I gave him a sweet kiss, which he was quick to deepen. Turning us around, my back hit his car, running a hand through his hair. I released a small moan as he bit my lower lip. Pulling back, he leaned his forehead against mine. No matter how awkward or weird it was, I wouldn't change a single thing about it. Giving him a smile, I pulled him down for another blow-minding kiss when I heard multiple cars approaching. Shit! It's Dom and the others! Johnny opened his door. Jump in! Getting in, I crawled over the console and into my seat. Johnny followed seconds later. Just as he pulled, he pulled out of the driveway, and down the road, Dom pulled in. With a relieved sigh, I leaned back into my seat. That was close. I mumbled, reaching forward to turn the radio on. So what do you have planned for the rest of the night? Johnny glanced at his watch. It's ten, so how about we continue what your sister rudely interrupted? Chucking when I punched him on the arm. Needless to say, we spent the rest of the night making up for the two years we were apart. The next morning, I was awakened by the sound of my phone. Lifting my head from the comfortable spot on Johnny's chest, I groaned. Johnny groaned as his sleep was interrupted by my phone. You going to get that? He mumbled. Stretching my hand out, I groaned. It's too far away. With a snort, he closed his eyes. Johnny! I whined. With a small growl, he reached for my phone and handed it over. Frowning at he blocked caller ID, sat up as I answered it. Hello? Ellie? Hey, it's Leon. Hey, what's up? I released a surprise gasp as Johnny pulled me onto my back and he hovered over me. Narrowing my eyes at him, I warned him not to do what I knew he was about to. Ellie? 
You okay? Leon asked, his tone holding some concern. Yeah, yeah, in fine. I bit my lip as he began nibbling and sucking on my neck. He knew exactly where my sweet spot was located. Did you need so something? Johnny crushed his lips onto mine, thrusting his tongue into my mouth, causing me to groan. I was wondering if you... you would like to go to dinner with me. Leon stuttered. I was taken back by his proposition. I love Leon like a brother, and that was it. I had never seen him as anything else. Looking into the eyes of the man, I knew he had heard Leon as well. Cupping his jaw, I pulled him down for a small kiss. Leon, I really don't think... Ellie, please, just give me a chance. Leon begged. I want to apologize for what happened the other night, as well as to take you out. Johnny pushed himself off me and climbed out of the bed. He was upset, I could tell, and I don't blame him. What man likes hearing another man ask his girlfriend out and not be able to do shit about it? He already hated the fact that we had to hide our relationship. This was just pushing the limit. Leon... I accept any apology you give me, but I cannot and will not go out with you. You were like brother, that's it! I hated being so harsh with him, but it was the only way to get through to him. Ellie? Leon, stop! The answer is no! Clicking the phone, I jumped out of bed in search of my grumpy man. I found him leaning against the wall looking out the window. With a soft sigh, I walked up to him, wrapping my arms around his waist. I'm sorry, Johnny. I know how much all of this sucks, and that did help at all. Johnny sighed, pulling me around to face him. (sighs) None of this sucks, Ellie. I will admit I didn't like hearing that man asking you out. You know me. You know how possessive I can get. Laughing, I buried my face in the crook of his neck, giving him a gentle bite, earning myself a growl. Trust me, I know. Johnny, nothing and no one will ever make me change the way I feel about you. I ended with a squeal as he lifted me up, wrapping my legs around his waist. Johnny walked us back into the room. Laying me gentle on the bed, he hovered over me, kissing his way down to my neck where he bit down. Running a hand through his hand, I slid the other onto his back, grazing my nails over his hot skin his growl vibrating over my entire body as his hand slid down my body, inserting one finger into me. Arching my body off the bed, I gave a silent moan. Between his kisses and hands, I was burning. I needed him. Now! Grabbing his face, I pulled him up to me and claimed his mouth in a heated and passionate kiss, chucking at the surprised look he gave me as I flipped us over, so I was straddling him. Pulling away, I kissed his jaw, neck, and throat, leaving a mark on my own for everyone to see. Sliding down, I continued down his body, leaving open kisses until I reached my goal. Locking eyes with him, I took the tip of his cock in my mouth, loving the animalistic growl he gave. I went on until he forcefully pushed onto my back, letting out a giggle he smirked. Without warning, Johnny thrust it into me, sharing a groan of pure bliss pleasure. Not wanting to wait any longer, he began to move, thrusting in and out slowly at first, but after begging him to go faster and wrapping my legs around his waist, he speeded up. The familiar heat began to build in the pit of my stomach, my legs burning with anticipation. Looking up at him, I drank in the imagine. His hair was plastered down from the sweat, his mouth slightly open, letting out the occasional moan. His arms on either side of hip strained as he held his weight up. Looking down his body, I watched as he went in and out of me. Wrapping my arms around his neck, I pulled him down, knocking him onto his elbows. The heat within my stomach was becoming unbearable in a really good way. Johnny gave a few more thrusts before both me and him found our release. Screaming his name, I heard a loud growl as he spilled his warm seed into me. Wow! That was... wow! I gasped, trying desperately to control my breathing. Johnny laughed, rolling onto his side. He pulled me with him. (laughs) The best one yet. Giving me a kiss on the head, he looked at his watch. It's still early. How about we take a shower and I take you out for breakfast? Nodding, I then remembered. I forgot to tell you, but Mia agreed to have lunch with us today. Johnny raised an eyebrow. Mia? 
Your sister Mia Toretto agreed to have lunch with me? Yes. You sure she not going to shoot me on sight? Or worse yet, sick your brother on me? Johnny teased. Slapping him on the chest, I gave him a kiss on the same spot. Shut up! She just wants to talk to you about us. I will just be the three of us, no one else. Giving me a nod, he climbed out of bed. Come on, then. Let's take a shower and head out. Not having to be told twice, I ran past him and into the bathroom. Laughing, he followed me, her grabbing some towels on the way in. End chapter. <sighs> that, that was steamy. That was steamy. Brian, how was it? How was your first experience with You're My Lifespan? That was great. Um, you know, uh, I wish I prepared a little bit more because when you naturally read, you, like, add <laughs> S's to where they're supposed to be S's. You, you, the brain is fascinating because it'll switch words in the proper place. Yeah, yeah. But, so it's difficult to read things that are so out of order, but this is a beautiful love story. I tried to warn Brian this morning. I was like, look, the, the only rule we have is we keep it as the author intended it. <laughs> And we yep. read with the words that are on the paper. And sometimes it's yep. a little harder than you would think. And he's like, yeah, whatever, and like laughed it off. But like it, he saw now that it, it can be a little bit difficult. It is a challenge. It can be challenging. A good There's acting no exercise for sure. In this lifespan, to break upon the walls you used to tend. Thank you so much, Brian, for stopping by this very special episode of Lifespan. Thank you for being a patron of us at TooFastTooForever.com. Yes, yes co-owner. <laughs> Do you want to very briefly plug anything? This is going to come out on Tuesday. So what is your, what's your Cheer Monday movie next week, and what's your Friday movie next week? So this Friday, we have a fun film, To Sir With Love. It might be the oldest film we've done. Sidney Poitier oh. plays a teacher in England in the 60s, and it's pretty cool. Sidney Poitier, the oldest male Oscar winner still alive, a civil rights leader. His daughter, also named Sidney Poitier, Poitier. was in Death Proof. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. She plays Jungle Julia. Good fact. Good fact. Well, yeah, he's awesome. Movie's awesome. And my guest is the foodie films man himself, Kyle Reinfried, and our Shakespeare consultant, but so much more than that. John Harden. John Harden. That's a fun episode. The Monday following, the 22nd, is our last Cheer Monday film, at least of this Cheer Monday series. What was yesterday, too? Yesterday's was Give Me an F with Christian Larson. A very obscure Mm. film, but now that I've watched all these cheerleading movies, I realize probably every single writer who wrote a cheerleading movie watched this film. It's in the public domain. You could watch it on YouTube. Coming up Monday, our last Cheer Monday film will be Sugar and Spice with Jenny O'Connell. So, great, great movie. Cool. And then one more thing I want to plug is that it's the end of our sophomore year. So let's see, this comes out Tuesday. Yes, it should be available on all my social media. Well, not really Instagram, but <laughs> Facebook and Twitter <laughs> at least. Um, you can vote for our end of sophomore year superlatives. And we'll be announcing mm. that at the end of the month. So, you know, who's going to be the class hunk? Who's going to be most artistic? What's going to be the best movie we covered this year? It's always fun. And Joey, of course, you'll, you'll be my co-host on that show. And can't wait for that. Oh, it's always a highlight of my school year. I'm excited. I love it. I love, you know, we, I don't know if you want to peek in here. This is a peek behind the curtain. This is something that not even our patrons know about right now. We have a little bit of a quiz here that you could take right now if you want. There's something that we're doing similar to your yearbook special that we are opening the voting on Tuesday for the Fast and Furious Hall of Fame. Ooh, I like that idea. Just yeah. putting that out there. If you want to vote early, vote often. It's going to be open officially Tuesday, but you can take the quiz now. You can take the poll now. It'll mm-hmm. run through July 11th, and we'll announce on July 14th. Ooh, I'm doing that as we speak, and, you know, we can cross-promote. Joey, when you're on my show, and 
Joe, you'll be back on my show too. We've we've had discussions for oh, let's just say whatever whatever the slumberers end up doing this summer, whether it be summer school or what, Joe, Ooh, you'll be involved. I'm excited. Well, thank you so much for stopping by, Brian. We will talk to you very soon. Thanks for stopping by, Brian. Thank you. Thanks. There's no time in this to break Our next segment. I hope you. I hope you all enjoyed. Lifespan, because that was wonderful. It's great to have Brian stop by. Fucking love it every single time. It's my favorite. It's my favorite part of Too Fast, Too Forever. I love that Leon was there. Same. It was great. All right. Our next game is a is a fan favorite. Is a us favorite. This ain't no ten second race. AKA, boy, do we have a podcast for you. This is a game that you and I play every time we have a guest on. This mm-hmm. is the first time we're playing without a guest. This is where you and I go on Twitter.com, aka the Bird app, as well as Lamont calls it. Yes. And we find any tweet from anyone that conceivably might be interested in listening to this podcast. And yeah. so they might be tweeting about the Fast and the Furious. They might be tweeting about Vin Cars, Diesel. About whatever. Whatever. whatever basically Podcasts. whatever we're talking about. We reply from at Too Fast Too Forever on Twitter. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Hashtag 2F2F. Hashtag Fast and Furious. Hashtag Family. Link to our show page. And then if people like the tweet, whoever sends that tweet, whoever picks the tweet gets a point. If mm-hmm. the person retweets our tweet, they get two. Yep. If they reply, they get five. And if they yes. email in, which is kind of like the, the white whale, uh, yes. you get ten points. We found past guest Chris Malika. I believe we found past guest Brian Silliman this way. We've gotten a decent success rate in terms of getting people on, but, you know, points-wise, not that good. This was a game that we started because I would be on social media, and I would see one of my friends talking about, even back then, like, Zac Efron or Channing Tatum, Ryan Gosling, yes, Fast yes, and Furious. Yes, yep. And whenever I would see that, I would say, you know, boy, do I have a podcast for you then if you're talking about this. Yep. And usually link them to our, you know, page on Cage Club. So. And the number one response would be confusion. And then second, is this you? And then third would be like, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like most ignoring it. But so this is this is what we did. And then we were like, oh, that would be really fun as a game that we play on yes. the show. Yeah, yep. so that's where it started. Last episode. This is a bonus one. We've, we don't usually do ones without guests. No, but we last don't. episode, I found Sung Kang at Sung Kang. I'm still in awe from all the love the Fast family has shown me. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. It got a retweet and three likes. Wow. None of them from Sung Kang. So no points. Yeah, but I mean, like, was the other stuff, like, from, like, other people? Isn't that all it counts? It was Jason Dickinson, Jason Dickinson, Jason Dickinson, and Mike Mansey. And also Jason so Dickinson no. replied. You found Milk of the Poppy at ya boy Roshi. At this point, I'm convinced the Fast and Furious crew could take out a Death Star with the right vehicles and potentially even take down Thanos with prep time. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. Mm. Brian Silliman found Tyson at TF Andrick or T Fandrick. What is one of the least main th- mainstream things about you? I've never seen a Harry Potter or Fast and Furious movie. But Brian actually responded to Levetta J. Phillips at Love T. T. Loca, who said, I haven't seen the Fast and Furious movies either or The Walking Dead. And we said, Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Yes. And Tyson, the original tweeter, responded. So Brian gets five. Points. Wow, Brian on the board. And if you'll remember, he was very self-deprecating. He's like, "There's no way that this is going to happen." You know, people. It's not, they're not never. They're never going to. He's never going to respond. This is like a futile effort. Brian with the points. So here, this would not be our episode 100 without some stats of the Furious. Basically, this is what we should have called, but it's really 
segments all over the place. But okay, as far as I can tell, Joe, we have sent 148 tweets. Okay. We have received a total of 94 and a half points, which means that every time we send a tweet, on average, we get 0.63 points, which means that if we send three tweets in an episode, like you, me, and a guest, we get on average two but that's skewed by like when people reply and there's five points there, right? So like, yeah. it's kind of two points an episode, but not really. Okay. So to review the scoring, a like is one, a retweet is two, a reply is five, and if they come as a guest on our show, well, actually, or no, they, they have to write into the show. It's not be a guest on our show, yeah. but they have to write into the show. Write an email. It's ten points. So here's the standings from the bottom up. Roxana, Kate Hudson, Chris Podcasts, one point each. Brian Silliman, Chris Malika, college roommates, college friends. I don't know about roommates. Damn. College friends, five points each. Nicole Sweeney, six points. Marinus Alvarez, seven points. That might have been our highest scoring episode ever because they got yeah. 13 between the two of them. We might have even gotten some there. I don't know. Mike Manzi, the Mikester, had an entire lap, nine points. Fourth place. Number three, third place, also had an entire lap, Kara Gale O'Regan, 14 points. Second place, I have 20 and a half. And number one, with a bullet, mm-hmm. Joe 2, 25 points. Yep. 25, yep. 20 and a half, 14, 9, down from there. We have to find a tweet. Each of each of us have to find a tweet now. We have to send out another tweet tonight for Boy Do We Have a Podcast for You. I'm looking. I have something that I want. Oh, I got it. I got it. And you'll see what I did here in one second. I'm posting the link into Discord, okay? I got a really good one. I hope this, we, there's a chance... I hope not. Fuck, that, that's literally my tweet. God damn it. I posted God it first. <laughs> damn it. Perfect. We had the same search. Yep, fuck. All right, damn it. Okay, damn it. Uh, damn, it. <laughs> damn it. I had it up on my thing. I just didn't, I didn't, I was not going to post it in the thing, but yeah, I, I know. Like, okay, please. Same tweet. That's, that's a good sign. My tweet is from uh, less talking period. At Sweet Life Mullen, M-U-L-L-I-N. Fast and the Furious could show 100 times in one day. I'll watch it every time. Boy, Boy. do we have a podcast for you. Damn it. Because I was like, I think you're probably going to search Fast and Furious 100. Because there's some yep. that are like close, but they're not no. exactly great. Yep. I was Damn scrolling, it. scrolling, scrolling. It's, it's in there, too. Oh, my God. I just saw a picture in this. When I'm like still searching through my tweets, I just saw a picture of Beetle Adventure Racing, and I had this game for N64, and I fucking loved it. Beetle Adventure? Like Volkswagen Beetle? Yeah. It was just like all Beetles. Interesting. Yeah, I had that game. I really, really enjoyed it, too. I found one from two years ago. I'm going to take a shot in the dark here. From Amy Lopan at Amy Lopan, my BF has never seen a Fast and Furious movie. I should show him only the first one and most recent one so he can be all, what the hell happened between those two movies? (laughs) Boy, do we have Have a podcast for you. There's also other replies to it, like somebody says, man, but you can't skip Tokyo Drift. And somebody says, I somehow find this information as equally surprising and not. Yes. I'm actually going to reply to the first reply, man, but you can't skip Tokyo Drift, because it's going to go to both people. We're going to do like a uh, Brian Silliman style. Yeah. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Again, two years late, but there's no time like the present. Nope, there's no time like now. We have one more game to play which we play at the end of every episode with a guest. Oh. But we're doing a little different this I time. Need to get, I need to get ready. So our next game, our final game, Dude, What's My Car? A game that was titled by Alex Ellenin. So the history is that I don't know anything about cars. 
you do know about cars. Mm-hmm. So people send in pictures of cars. I don't remember if I don't remember how this game. Do you remember how this game started? Because I don't remember how this game started. I think somebody might have sent us a picture of a car of like one of the cars that was theirs or they were working on or they thought was interesting. It might have been. I know Jenny early on sent pictures of the cars that her husband has restored and worked on. And yes, like that. I think it was maybe that too. That because she also came from the world of like Zack Attack and stuff where we played a lot of games and maybe it became a game because you might have. If I had to guess, it might have been like, oh wait, don't say what it is. Let me try to guess it. Yes, I think that that's what it was. And then I remember later. I was like, hey, if you want to send emails, you can send in a car, and I can try to guess it, and then it became a fun time game that we play now. So we normally play only when we have a guest, but tonight we're doing things a little differently. Yes. Because we have so many car pictures, because we don't play them unless we have a guest, so what we are doing is a little bit of a variant. It's just me and Joe, no guest, but we are doing dating game style, bachelor number one, bachelor number two, bachelor number three. So I have three different car pictures. From yes. Pictures. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This might be easy. But, so I guess the, the goal is to like guess all three of them and whatever. Ooh, uh, no, I want to play it. I want to play it in the, in like the natural dating oh, yeah. game I mean, you're style gonna ask, way. You're going to ask questions about them, right? And yeah. then I'm going to answer or whatever. Yes. So here's... So Bachelor number one, I'll say that this is one of his brother's favorite cars. Bachelor number one, one of Hector's brother's favorite cars. Okay? Okay. Okay. Number two, it's a very famous car. Number two. Not a specific... Not, not, not like Kit. Not like a one of a kind, but like the models of... Fa- it's a famous kind of car. Okay. And then number three is a beautiful car. He says he sent this in because it's a beautiful car that he found. Okay. So we've got his brother's favorite car, a kind of a famous car, and then a beautiful car. Okay. I have a question. Bachelor number three. Yes. What's your favorite type of food to eat? Well, I'm, I'm a citizen of the world. I like all kinds of food. If I had to pick one, I would say there's nothing better than, you know, a bowl of noodles while watching TV. Okay. Okay. Bachelor number one, I'm really into uh, culture mm-hmm. and heritage. What's like... A cultural landmark that you can relate to. You know, as someone who is proud to be an American, nothing represents me more, nothing means more to me than the Statue of Liberty. There's just something beautiful about it. It also matches my outfit, as you can see. I'm wearing all green today. Okay, okay. But there's something special about the the pride of being an American citizen. That really means a lot to me. Interesting. Okay. Bachelor... (laughs) Bachelor number two, if you could take a vacation as far away from your home as possible, where would that vacation be? Globally, on the opposite end of the world, where would it be? Um, (laughs) Did I just Google? I mean, let me pull out my phone and Google opposite side of the planet from blank. And I've got to say, I've always wanted to go here. I love... You know, I love the Lord of the Rings movies. I would go to New Zealand. New Zealand? Yeah, if I'm if I'm going as far from possible as far from home as possible, I would be in New Zealand. Uh, okay, complete opposite side of the world. Yeah, I'm not born in New Zealand. Yeah, you're just opposite. Opposite side of the world for me is New Zealand. Okay. From what Google tells me. Spain? No. I don't know. That's what I'm getting. But it's it's in that ballpark ish. Okay, that's a good hint. Thank you. It's Euro. Bachelor number three. You know what it's... I? How old are you? You know, I'm looking around up here, and I think I'm probably the oldest person on the stage. I'm, oh, okay. Uh, I'm still in my prime, I would say, but I am, you know, my my black hair, yeah. which matches, you know, my, my, my the, the paint on my car used to once match my black hair, but now it's starting to gray. It's not all gray yet. Uh, you know, a gentleman never reveals his age, but I would say that I am... Uh, 
approaching retirement, but I'm not retirement age yet. Okay. I'll leave a little mystery there. Yeah. If you want a specific number, I'd be happy to give you a specific number. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Bachelor number one. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a long drive down the Pacific Coast Highway. Love it. Could you describe what you'd be wearing for our long drive down the Pacific Coast Highway? What I would be wearing? Yeah. You know, I think that I would be wearing something tight to really show off my rock and bod. Okay. I spend a lot of time working out. I want to show off what I got. Like muscles? Like lots yeah, of curves? Yeah, I would say I, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty enamored by my physique. Okay. Yeah, it's, you know, something tight, something, you know, that shows off what I got. Th- this is going to be a forward question. Do you have any tattoos of other guys' names on you by any chance? No. I don't have any, no, no gentleman names. Okay. It, would I be surprised if someone was named what I'm named? No, I would not be surprised at all because there's some weird names out there. But these are not <laughs> common names. Okay. Okay. Bachelor number two. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> Bachelor number two. Thank you. Perfect. That was excellent. Thank you. I want to know, what can you relate to more? Would you be more of a businessman or maybe like more of more of like a farm boy type, like a like a tractor kind of guy? What would you say describes you better? You know, I think I can see myself in both of those. Precision means a lot to me. Craftsmanship means a lot to me. I would say of those two, if I had to pick, I would say I'm more business than farm. Okay, you didn't come from like, you know, a farming family, maybe somebody that used to build tractors or something like that. I don't remember, but I don't think so. Okay. On second thought, maybe I did. (laughs) Okay, okay. So you're just, you know, maybe your grandfather was like a small farm boy or something like that, right? I will say that uh, family name means a lot to me. Yeah, Okay. Heritage, right? You're into your heritage. heritage. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Also, can I can I say one other thing? One, one Please. Thing that I hate? What? Fuck Carol Shelby. Well, you just mixed it up again. Oh, God. Okay. That's, That's why I need to clarify because I don't know who makes tractors. Oh, good. Okay. If you're really into your heritage, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. <laughs> that was a wild ride. Did I Google, did my family make tractors? The answer is yes, apparently. Yeah. I also feel like every car manufacturer probably made tractors at some point. Yeah, but there's like the famous quote, like, what does a fucking tractor maker know how to do, like, know how to make cars about? That's what Ferrari said to Lambo. He was like, what the fuck does a tractor maker know how to oh. know about cars? The Lamborghinis disgust me. <laughs> okay. <Puh. laughs> um, Puh. Bachelor number three. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to describe a date and tell me what this sounds like to you. Okay. Tell me if okay. you like this or not, if you can relate to this or not. Okay. You and I lay under the stars watch a nice eclipse and just talk all night does that sound like something you'd like to do no no not into eclipse i'm not uh you know i'm not a big twilight fan no okay i'm not a uh a fan of the stars i mean i guess there is well no i was just gonna describe the country's flag but no i'm not i'm not a fan of uh of that that sort of thing eating eating a bowl of noodles though yeah country's flag has stars it has one star our star. Okay. <laughs> um, do you do you, do you ever live on an island? Yeah, I'm on an island. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, there we go. Bachelor number one. Mm-hmm. If I were to meet your father and I were to tell him a car joke, he'd probably get it right. Could you ask the question in a different way? I'm saying bachelor number one. If I came and I met your father, it's our yeah. first date. Well, I mean, I, you would need to meet my father because I am very young. We, my, my family goes back a long ways, but I myself am very young. I probably should not be on this show. Oh, fuck. 
like cradle robbing. Like literally cradle robbing. If I told your father that yeah. I think Ford stands for Ford only runs downhill, what would his reaction be? I know what he would say. I'd rather push a Chevy than drive a Ford. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Your father sounds like a sexy man. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Uh, bachelor, bachelor number one again, did you happen to ever be in any movies I would know of? Like, maybe, like, Transformers or something like that? Your voice sounds familiar. It's well before my time. I am a baby, you know, but this movie I was in, you know, I'm familiar with one that is not that, not that long before I was born. I think my cousin was in it or something. He's yellow. You, you might not know him. Okay. Actually, not my cousin, my brother. I'm sorry. He's, he's directly related to me. Directly related, but not the exact same? I mean, we're like, I, I mean, I like don't know identical how, I don't cousins. Know, this metaphor is falling apart because he's like three and I'm one. Okay. But so we, are, we are of a kind. D- different ages, but kin. Yes. Like, closely, sure. like, like blood relatives. Like, like very closely related. Okay. Okay. That's enough out of you, Bachelor number one. <laughs> By the way, my color is Krypton green. Okay. Bachelor number two, ragazzi. <laughs> you're, you're a little young. You're, you're you're not as old as as number three, but I was wondering. I don't think I am. I might be. I'm Maybe. not young. I'm okay. not young. I would guess I'm about your age, a little bit older. I wouldn't be surprised if I was much older than you. Okay. I've been around the block a few times. Although a lady, no, I guess I'm a gentleman. A gentleman never tells. You, I'm sure that you, I know you're a big fan of heritage, right? So I know that you probably enjoy the racetrack. See. But if you, would you want to spend more time, if we went for a drive, would you want to spend more time at a racetrack? Or like, are you comfortable just like cruising through town? I think I would probably be more comfortable in town. Okay. Um, I am very fast though, from what I understand. I believe it, but I'm saying, like, is it a race car? And I don't mean in bed. <laughs> I mean, is it, like, a race car or, like, a production car? Let me find out what I cost if you wanted a night out with me. Let me see what okay, I Okay, yeah, out. yeah. If you were a hooker, how much would I pay? About 400k. Okay. I'm, I'm a sports car. I'm, I'm a sexy, sporty type. I know we haven't talked about this, but do you... Oh, think... wow, I'm actually really good with the age. I'm right about your age, which is what I thought I was. I'm, I'm actually pretty good at this. Okay. I didn't catch your name. Do you have, like, a like a a sexy name or is it something like elon musk style with like a lot of numbers and letters x ash a12 is (laughs) very it's it's not that far off i mean i saw i saw a little bit of myself no i mean not literally a little bit of myself but yeah it it was reminiscent for sure fashion number three it's hot we're you know out here it's summertime here in connecticut did your family ever make something like air conditioners or anything like that that would cool me off? If I marry into the family, would I get some air conditioner deals? I don't think that we have. What I can tell you, though, speaking yeah. of hot weather, there are certain things that in the summer, uh, someone who you know owns a piece of land might need to do. We might not make air conditioning, but the air conditioning feels really great when you come in from doing this chore. It is a thing that we made that shares... Uh, a linked history between the hosts of this program. What? <laughs> Bachelor number three? Yeah. Shares a linked history that we made. What What kind of chore is it that you would do outside? I mean, something with, uh, with an engine that you get all hot and sweaty. I mean, you talk about, you know, a sexy first date. You know, after I do this chore outside, I want to come oh. in and hop in the shower. Like, get all oily? Get all greasy? No, not, I mean, not, unless you're doing things wildly wrong, I would say that's not likely to happen. You're going to get dirty. 
but it's going to be more nature's dirt. You're going to get some, uh, maybe some, some grass kicked up on you, some leaves kicked up. Ah, okay. Oh, so you like working in the yard a little bit? If there's I grass, do. In the... I am an out, I'm an outdoor kind of guy. If there's grass in the field, play ball. Is that what you like to say? I never said that, but <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I like to make sure that it is uh, rather shorn, though. Okay. If it's bald, there's nothing for me to do. That's what I'm trying to say. Perfect, perfect. I get it. I have no idea what number two actually is. It's fucking letters and numbers and shit. Okay. Bachelor number three. Remember, two is a very famous. I'm very famous. Very famous. And it's a card that I, the creator of this game show, actually know. Bachelor number two, are you named yeah. after a place? No. It's named, it's like has letters and numbers, right? Did we, did, yeah. we just did the FXX, right? It's not that. Hmm. Not that far off. Bachelor number one is reasonably certain you know who I am. Yeah, wait, I want to guess them all at the end. Bachelor number two, you're close. Bachelor number three, I don't know that you actually know who I am. I think you have a, a sense... Of who makes me, yeah. but not what I am. Actually, here's a hint. I uh, I caught the name of Bachelor Number Two, and we kind of have a similar. You know, it seems like we were cut from the same cloth in a sense. Similar cloth, not the same cloth. Similar cloth. Similar names. Bachelor Number Three. Have you ever dated someone named Johnny Tran? He's a little. Um, I don't know what these numbers mean, but I think he's a little too advanced for me. But, you know, he, he poked around, but he's like, no, nah, I need a little bit more. Uh, need more? I don't, again, I don't know what these numbers mean. I Higher you know, or lower? What he, what he wound up with <laughs> is a little more than me. Okay. I, I have some guesses, and I'm going to need some help with three. Okay. One is a Chevy Camaro. 2019 Chevrolet Camaro ZL11LE. In Krypton Green. That's cool. Hector's okay. brother's favorite car. Hector says, I don't favor muscle cars, but my brother loves them. This is his favorite one. Gotta go. Stay fast. Stay sanitized. So I'll get some pictures of these. But yes, you are one for one so far. Okay. I'm going to take a guess. The second one is a Ferrari Daytona. No. Remember, numbers and letters. GTB4. Nope. What is it? So there's the Camaro. Got the Camaro. Cool. Numbers and letters. Very simple. Very, very simple. Not that far from the FXX. FF1? Is that the other one? No. No. I am red. Does that help? Is it FF? No, just one. F1? Made between 1987 and 1992, according to what I saw. F8? No, but you're getting there. F10. F40. F40. Oh, says, shit, yeah. This car is one of the most legendary cars in the world. I said I was famous. Fuck, you're so This right, is also yeah. the last car that the founder helped contribute to the car before his passing. For me, this is one of the more boxier cars. Gotta go. Stay fast. This is really cool. There was actually a video of a guy that was driving an F40. Oh, fuck. I didn't even th- Dude, you threw me off wildly with $400,000. It's like a $2 million car. Well, I Googled it. It said 400000 Maybe that was like MSRP at the time. Oh, yeah. That maybe MSRP, sense. yeah. I did also see something that was like $1.6 million, But Yes. You know. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Fair. That's a great car. I fucking love the F40. Now, this last one is very tricky. Third one. This is definitely a Honda. And the backstory to the uh, grass is that the lawnmower I bought from you is made by Honda. Yeah, that was that was a good hint. And Johnny Tran drives an S2000. I said that's a little bit too much for me. I'm not that advanced. Yeah. But very similar. Uh, I don't know. What was the old Honda number names? It's an S. One, S. 
10? S- 800. What is an S800? Let me see what this is. It's from 1968. Oh, yeah, this is cool. Hector says no. it's one of the most beautiful cars you've seen in a while. It's owned by actor Daniel Wu. Apart from Paul Walker or Sung Kang, I don't know any other actors that are this passionately into cars, especially into those Japanese cars. Stay fast. That's a Stay really cool car. Curious. I had no idea what this was, though. I would have never guessed it, but it's very fucking cool. It actually has, like, a very Ferrari kind of stylings, right? Yeah. It's, like, very rounded and stuff. These are actually really, yeah. Wow, you picked three good ones. That was a fun one. So thank you, Hector, for sending those in. He sent those in forever ago. We still have a bunch more. Yeah, But I felt the, uh, the dating game style was uh, an interesting way to knock out a few relatively quickly and in a new way. We did. I think I did pretty decent. You got the Camaro very, I think the Camaro is the easiest one, but you got that very quickly. And you got Ferrari pretty you got close there. You just couldn't nail it home. But then I think, you know. Yeah, the Honda with the S800 is kind of rare. I don't think I'd have ever gotten that one no matter what. I should have gotten the F40, though. But So the only other thing in this episode, there's only one other thing, and this is not a segment that we have done yet, but it will be some form, some version of a recurring segment. Okay. Past guest, patron of the show. Christian Larson. Yes. He's going to be our dungeon master of Oh, sorts that's true. In a Fast and Furious Dungeons and Dragons style campaign, themed campaign that the two of us and your wife Rachel are going to play. Yes. I think it's mostly going to be the two of us with her as like an ancillary character at start because I think he probably had some kind of plan at the beginning that he's going to work her way into future sessions. Sounds from perfect. What I understand. Yep. So here's the overview. Here's what I asked him. I was like, what can we talk about? We'll be playing as young racing enthusiasts who have just arrived in L.A. from a backwater California town. Joe is a pizza delivery driver while Joey's working on a Racer's Edge franchise. Yes. You and I have both only been in town for a few days, but shit is about to get real. So if you want to... Re- I don't remember exactly what we wound up with with our characters. I know that I obviously prefer American Muscle. I think I drive an El Camino. I believe that I said that I wanted to drive an El Camino. But what? who were you? What do you prefer? What kind of car were you driving? Do you remember? Because I do not. You were the more man-in-the-chair kind of guy. I was more extra More the racer? Yeah. yeah, and like a racer. I think my the car I chose to drive was a Nissan 300ZX. I think that's what I wanted. That's what I was okay. like giddy over at the time. So I think that's what I'm driving. You know, we're going to play it by ear, see what's going on. Um, I'm excited for it. I think it'll be fun. Rachel picked some character traits, too. I forget they are, though. We, we like, had it all planned to, like, start playing before quarantine. Like, literally, like, our first one was going to be, like, April, and then, like, March just, like, came crashing to a halt. And we were going to do it, like, we're going to still going to do it remotely, but between I would us like to do it live. I would, I would really like to do it, like, in person, but... But then between us going twice a week and me doing two Tom-Toms a week with Mike doing a Hanks and a Cruise instead of doing one a week, it was mm-hmm. just like, oh, I don't have the bandwidth to do this, but we are going to do it soon. We're not going to record... I don't think the plan, because I talked to Larson, he's like, oh, it's going to be a long, like, a long session or whatever. Yeah. I don't, like, we're not going to record that and release it as a podcast. I think there already is the Adventure Zone, which the McElroy brothers do, which is basically an hour-long session, tabletop, RPG, uh, D&D-style campaign, which is, from what I understand, very fun. I love them from other things that they've done. I've not listened to that yet. But I think we are going to do some kind of, whenever we do it, whether it's, you know, every month with Larson, every two weeks, whatever it's going to be, we are going to report back with updates about our characters. So it's going to be an ongoing recurring segment. But we are uh, kicking things off in a way by announcing it here in episode 100, even though we've not actually played anything yet. Mm-hmm. We created Hero Clicks. Hero Clicks? Hero Forge. Per listener, writer, friend, Wes used uh, Hero Forge. And so I made some uh, characters for us that 
we're going to get made, and that'll be cool, too. And I got a baseball cap. I got shorts, I think. I got uh, a cat by my feet. It's great. It's I'm drinking. I have bottles everywhere. They're yeah. very true to form, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> I'll post some pictures Wonderful. of them when we get them. Yeah. The last thing is that looking back at the themes, the laps themselves, we had building a family lap, lap two. I think lap one was unthemed. Yeah. We had building a family lap two, where we had eight different guests, eight different movies, or more than that, because Tobin and Island were on together. We had the ride-along lap with the Mikester, the Mike mm-hmm. We had the walk-down memory chain lap. I'm surprised <laughs> I remember all these. The walk-down memory chain lap. I'm surprised, the too. necklace lap, where yeah. we, again, had eight or so different guests, or nine or so different guests with nine different movies. Yeah. Then we had the driving school lap with Cara Gayle Regan. She'd watched all the movies for the first time. Which is awesome, yeah. This lap, we are obviously kicking it old school, have different guests on each episode. We've got one more which obviously is going to be next week. We're not going to see the other movie next week, but next week is Hobbs and Shaw, which will be mm-hmm. exciting. And then next lap, I mean, we've teased it, but I guess we can announce it now. It's a dual theme lap. Ooh. We've already announced twice. It is a Michelle Rodriguez, Letty Ortiz lap. So we're watching the films and such of Michelle Rodriguez. If you're a patron, you've not sent in your pick for next lap, please do that. The other theme for next lap, because we are, you know, doubling it up, I and I don't know that there's remember. 30 things or whatever that we want to watch in Michelle Rodriguez. I don't remember. We are also doing, it's also called the Missing Pieces Lap. Yes. And it's movies that center around memory loss. This was like another great fortuitous event, because you and I, we had planned the Letty Lap. Yes. And we were talking about eventually wanting to do like deleted scenes and director's commentary and featurettes and stuff like that. Yep. And I was thinking about Twin Peaks, and there is the Twin Peaks box set. The extended version of the Twin Peaks movie, Firewalk With Me, is called The Missing Pieces. Like, it basically adds an hour and a half to that movie. Okay. Twin Peaks, there's, like, you know, things about amnesia and memory loss, and I was like, this is kind of a perfect blend, because, like, Letty deals with the memory loss, Missing Pieces, like, what have we not covered our seventh time through? The commentary, the deleted scenes, the whatever, this, that, the whatever. Next lap, when Nico and Kevo are on, like, they love, especially Kevo loves going behind the scenes. I feel like bringing to the table more information about the movies, the making of, the director's commentary, the featurettes, the deleted scenes, all of that. And also, you know, focusing through the eyes of Letty Ortiz in the movies that she's in. Yep. And then in our off weeks, in our pit stops, to Michelle Rodriguez movies and movies about memory loss. Yeah. I'm down. I'm excited. So if you are a patron, you've probably, most of them, most of you, have sent in your picks for next lap. We had some good ones already. If you are a new patron, if you have not had a pick yet, like Brian and Haley, I think, I think Haley? Yeah, because she didn't have one this lap, but like Brian and Haley and Larson all were new $10 patrons after we had scheduled this lap. So you would get two picks for next lap. And everybody else, the original, the, the four horsemen, they each have a pick in there too. So yeah. lots of fan selected things, patron selected things, listener selected things next lap. But uh, exciting because that's going to span almost till the end of the year. We're going to kick off lap eight later this year, but most of the rest of 2020 is lap seven, the Letty Ortiz missing pieces lap. Sounds good. Do you have, last question, do you have a, I don't, I don't have an answer to this. Do you have a favorite moment or a favorite episode in these first 100? No, man. I have a lot of great memories of like fun things that happened more recent than, than old because I forget a lot of shit. Yeah. No, I I definitely don't have one favorite moment, but I really enjoyed doing Too Fast, Too Forever. Like you and my lifespan is fucking incredible. I think Kara saying I'm story 
is probably like one of the greatest moments we've ever had. I'm story. Like that comes up in our household so much and we giggle about it every time we hear it. I don't know if I have a favorite thing. I mean, this is going to sound pandering, but I just love that we have so many different people who write in that I know that we have more people True. who listen who don't actually write in. But the fact that we have so many people who feel their family and that they write in and just talk about the nonsense that we talk about. Like, I just love that. And I love... Same. I don't usually pre-read emails unless they're from someone new. Like, if there's a new listener who emails in something, I might pre-read that just to get a sense of who they are and just because it's exciting. Yeah. I mean, everything's exciting. Getting any email is exciting. But, like, hearing from somebody new gets me excited. Yeah. And so I just love listening to whoever, whether they're rankings or thoughts or Wells getting movies at Rasputin or Wes showing oh, off what God, he made yeah. or, you know, Justin talking about Hank or, you know, whoever out there sending in whatever, right? Like, it's yeah, all I love great it. stuff. So thank you all for listening. We have like 12 lap ideas. Like there's there's obviously so many things that we could do. So there's no end to what's coming here. We're going to keep, as we said a couple episodes ago, I think, keep at two a week to see how this goes. Yeah. Even as quarantine sort of lifts, but it'll be fun. So just keep emailing in family at cageclub.me and just keep saying hi and whatever. Please. Thank you, guys. For all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash forever or at forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Go to our Patreon page at forever.com. You know, just shoot us an email, say hi, check it on our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram. You know how to get in touch with us. Just say hi and Amen. thank you for listening to these 100 episodes. Yeah, thank you. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And we'll see you next time right here on Too Fast, Too Forever. Peace out! Peace. Peace. Peace.